I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome to Ignorance is Blessed. Uh, I could take five seconds and go back and listen to what I said at the beginning of the last episode with the incredible Lisa Sunstead and find out if I for sure did label it the wrong number and say it was episode 21 instead of 22, but I'm not going to. Nope, I'm sure not. (sighs) This is episode 21, though. This is the real episode 21. And I also realized, sorry, I had it paused and then unpaused it, so if that blipped out that's where I'm at is that I'm not even checking (laughs) I may have pronounced this person's name wrong in the previous episode he was on in the countdown I added some sort of fancy accent to it maybe in my mind I think I might have called him Reginald Barris and it's Reginald Barris um but I I don't know I don't know (laughs) I've lost my mind but if you remember uh very funny conversation with him and Paul Jacobs where we were driving to Salzburg God, I can't think of shit right now in a car. So that was a little uh, windy sounding. This one is not in a car, so the audio quality is better. And it's a really interesting conversation. We also have a a lot of laughs in this one, but some cool insights to his life. Uh, A bit of a wild story and why he moved over to Austria. So I'm going to shut the fuck up, you guys. And these intros are going to get shorter and shorter on the countdown ones because... I just really was on a roll and then several people in my life died and now every episode I record feels impossible. And I don't say that for sympathy. I just am sharing why, uh, you know, you won't know any of this. I'm like, why I'm doing it this way closer to the drop date than I had planned when I had so much time. You have no idea that I did that. Why am I telling you that? It's because I tell you too much. I'm giving it all away. (sighs) and that's never going to change. So once again, I am yawning, and that is nothing to do with the guest or the episode. This is a fun one. Please enjoy episode, the real episode 21. This is the end of the first half of the top 40 countdown, which will kick off again tomorrow uh, with episode 20. But this is the last episode of the day. This is the last episode of the first half. Here it is. Death Row and Expatriatism with Reginald Barris. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blast, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. I don't know why I'm doing this long intro. I do another intro. Hi. Hi. You guys, I'm here with Reggie Barris. Did I say it right? Reginald Barris. Reginald. You go by Reginald. Yeah, because people don't know how to spell Reggie. Oh. Yeah. It's R-E-G-I because you're just shortening Shortening Reginald. Reginald. But everybody adds extra letters to it. All right. I feel like I should have known that by now, but... My name? Yes. No, the... You're in my house. No, the... (laughs) (laughs) No, the whether you wanted me... I should have asked beforehand, Reggie or Reginald. It doesn't matter. You guys... Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just a man's name. You you guys heard it here. He's uh, mansplaining his own name to me. I don't think it's mansplaining when it's my own name. (laughs) It's an attack on women and feminism as a concept. Yes. Oh, I get it. You have a name. Um, okay, so you guys, I am in Vienna, Austria, which you are 
you live in. You are a great interviewer. I know. <laughs> you, you said Vienna, Austria, and then looked at me like, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't slept in a year. Um, I, we're, Jesus, we're doing shows together in a couple cities, but Reginald... Like, I don't want to look at you like thing. I don't know you're like Reginald's yeah. not it's not like it's a foreign name that I've never heard. I would like I will say like it is admittedly somewhat convoluted the way I handle it because I don't people don't usually call me Reginald one on one like this. So but like it's a thing where like if you say my full name Reginald, if you say just my first name Reggie. Yeah. Reginald Barris is like if you're looking for him online to see his content. Yeah. And boo him. I'm kidding, you guys. Yeah. He's great. I'm gonna get so much. So I'm gonna get like th- so much. Like, I'm gonna get like 17 dislikes <laughs> of just like. And it's just all me making fake accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Reggie. One of them is not even a mean uh, comment. It's just a bunch of cat emojis, and I'm like, I don't know what she was going with that last one. <laughs> I tried to mix it up, you know, <laughs> keep people on their toes. <laughs> Otherwise, I know it's the same person because I use the same slurs. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not very original. I have like three things. That is it. Um. Okay, so you are an American expat. Yeah. Expat is that the right word? If I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it's I, I don't think of it. It's but yes, technically an expat. I think ultimately it comes down to if you're working. But I, really, what it really is, because uh. you could be a migrant worker or an expat, and it's really just about where you're from and whether or not <laughs> society People deems that to be. decide to call you a migrant worker. Yeah, because I mean, like, technically, That's if I have a job, I'm a migrant worker, but you don't think about it because it's America, not Zimbabwe. Oh. Yeah. Or, or does it... It, it doesn't does actually a, depend on what type of work you do, but I feel like... It, it's, it's really more about how society views your country oh. and your country's presence in their country. We're sort of an expat type. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. We're for, not for now. migrant workers. If anyone knows a migrant worker, I can Or we're like interview. refugees. Trump's the president now. Oh, God. You don't know how much I hear people doing those jokes. You don't know every... how often I like do a form of that joke on shows here when just when I open out of like... Just to get it out of the way. Let me just be like, let I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> now I'm going to talk about my butthole. All right, let's get deep. Uh, God. Your butthole. It's a, it's actually pretty shallow relatively to others I've heard, but uh, so am I as a human. Um, okay, so you are an American expat working as a comedian. Yes. In Austria. Yes. Uh, sorry, that's just like so, <laughs> there's just so much that could be unpacked there. Um, are do you have Austrian roots? Mm-mm. Okay, so let's start with this. How the fuck did you end up in Austria? I. Didn't want to live in the States anymore. Because it's not great. What? what not mean? on my American podcast. Welcome back to my American podcast. <laughs> it's a new podcast where I get upset. Make my American podcast great <laughs> And I ain't great going again. to Starbucks in their damn red cups. What is that? The There was a... I don't know. Can someone who listens to this explain what the red cup Starbucks thing was to me on Twitter? And yes, I'll probably please, never please, see it. Please explain. We'll wait. Yeah, we're waiting right now. All right. Okay. <laughs> I figured it out, but I'm not telling you guys. Um, okay, so like anyone with half a brain, you're like, maybe America's not as great as I was told in first grade. Yeah, at least not yet. You know, give it a few more years. We'll make it good again. Finally. But I, I didn't see that. We <laughs> great had, I mean, again. We had a black president at the time. I didn't think we were going to move so far up to Trump. Great again. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and you're out here like a fool. Uh, yeah, I feel I'm a lot of egg on my face. Yeah. Oh, I've. What a real oof. bonehead you are. <laughs> so 
Yeah, so I didn't want to live in the States anymore, but I studied music, so I couldn't just get a job that would give me a visa somewhere. So you were like, I know, I'll go join the Von Trapp family. <laughs> How many people have made that fucking... Uh, I, that's a... Sound of Music? All that came through my mind was color purple, and I knew I was wrong. So, but yes, yeah, Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met someone worse at references than I am. This oh, is a big moment for me. Oh yeah, Amistad. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, but I've never seen I've never seen either of those movies. I know they're different movies, but I couldn't think of the name. I haven't seen Sound of Music. It's sort of like the Purple Rain of. Wait. Oh, sorry. A color purple. I call it <laughs> Purple Rain. <laughs> I'm the one who's bad at references. Oh, you know, color. Oh, I love that movie. You know that uh, wasn't OJ, and it was like your name is Toby. You know when doves cry. Yeah, that, that's the one. It's the color purple of people who are very much the color white. Edelweiss is a. They sing about the Edelweiss. It's a white flower. You guys, literally, the lyrics in Edelweiss are Edelweiss, Edelweiss. You uh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's the it's the flower of Austria, according to this movie, according to Rodgers and Hammerstein, who may or may not have any knowledge of Austrian history. But they're definitely documentarians and they for go, Americans. Strong and white, clean and bright. You look happy to me. And I think they're talking about the flower. I think they're talking about the people. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, okay, so you were studying music. Yeah. Was there a focus? Classical guitar. Classical guitar. What is classical guitar it, it i know uh, <laughs> these questions aren't going to get any smarter <laughs> uh, you're right ignorant questions <laughs> yes it's like the blind leading the blind down a downward spiral i mean all my spirals only go downward <laughs> so classical guitar just like think, as an example or something uh, uh, well Jimi hendrix no <laughs> uh, was that a real guess no <laughs> <laughs> So classical guitar, basically, you're going to use your fingers instead of a pick. So your whole right hand will be plucking the strings individually with your fingers. That's why my Inconvenient nails are long. guitar. Oh, that's why your nails are long. Yeah. I'm so glad we had this interview because I was just silently wondering why your nails are so long. I was like, man, he's almost got the like nails that like, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but my friends who do like really extravagant fake nails, uh-huh. the like high heel pointy nails. I mean, mine aren't. They're claws, you guys. Long. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's for a bit. I do an Edward Scissorhands impression, and I really felt I should commit to the bit. <laughs> like, oh. People won't get the act out if I don't, if I don't make the it The amount clear. of people who have grown out their nails and stuff, probably for that exact reason, we'll never know, because I don't think any of them have made it. But Yeah, that's a, that's a Darwinian thing right there. But that that's is, like got to be real. Like they're, I mean, like, they're still trying to like unlock a door without scratching it once. I've known people who get a bad haircut on accident, then make a joke about the haircut, and then they're like, Oh, that oh, joke works so well. I have to keep it. it. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, what, what am I doing? I'm being a 37-year-old man with a bowl cut is what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I'm creating art. <laughs> I'm an entertainer. Okay, so classical music, you were studying that in the States? Yeah, in St. Did Louis. you have um, St. Louis? Okay, so that's kind of like a jazzy type of... I mean, jazz and classical music are like diametrically opposed in the musical world. Right. So... Let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly was your goal when you were like classical music? Uh, I was playing my own music. I was playing a percussive guitar style. I don't know if you know who Andy McKee is or I don't. I'm Don sure Ross. somebody does. I'm under a rock with musicians. Okay. I just go like, that sounds good. Have you seen the movie August Rush? 
No, no. It sounds like it's too sophisticated for me. It's not. Oh. Okay. It's about a runaway kid. It's it's horrible. Ah. It, it's about this kid whose parents had to leave him, but then like when he was a baby, a movie and then he me. learned how to play a guitar really interestingly. And because he can play a guitar like that, his parents found each other because they were still in love. Did they reclaim him, or were they just like, "Thanks, guy who plays guitar. I, I we still don't want." I you. think that they they both meet again at his concert at Juilliard, and they find each other in and the audience. And they never acknowledge. And then credits. Wait, so they both came because like my son. My boy. I don't know how they both figured it out, if I'm being honest. And then later they went home and they were fucking like, yeah, we abandoned our kids. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Let's make more so we can meet again in 20 years. Yeah, maybe we'll get a drummer. It's a family band. (laughs) And that's the documentary about the Osmonds? No, the Partridge family. Yeah. Yeah, that would have... Purple Rain, okay? Sort of, Partridge Family is sort of the Osmonds of their time. I don't think that makes sense. (laughs) Were the monkeys all brothers? No. No, they were The Beatles, they were all They were just... Actually, none of, they were all weird. white, actually, so none of them were brothers. <laughs> that is not what I meant when I said, are the monkeys all brothers? <laughs> Jesus <the> Christ. Brothers? <laughs> okay, so we, career-wise, though, and you're, were you going to like, hoping uh, to like, I was going to be a musician. A, no, I was going to be a solo musician. I had written a bunch of like songs. Just like do your own music with? Yeah. Okay, cool. And basically, I studied classical guitar because it would teach me techniques that I could apply to what I wanted to do. I had no interest in the actual repertoire of a classical so you, so it's untrue to say you were hoping to be the Beethoven of guitar. Is he classical? Uh, I, I think know. so. I don't remember. But Wait, I don't know. He's a pianist. It, it's disgusting. I think it might be Baroque or something like that. But yes, it's close enough. He was Baroque. You guys, I'll kill myself. I'm going to jump off the balcony now. Uh, third floor. You, um, I, w- if, I will. If you don't die, I'll drop something after you because you deserve it after <laughs> that one. That's good. You can drop uh, this one cushion. You if have. I had. <laughs> possessions who would they be falling such after a free you? spirit <laughs> that's a fun way to frame not owning like furniture it's like yeah. i'm just gonna sort of like that is a good way I'm to a frame minimalist. poverty <laughs> I'm, I'm a minimalist okay so you were like let me go to austria where they appreciate my no. talents no i wasn't i didn't think i would be appreciated that'd be ridiculous yeah, yeah I, I guess just, no one stays in the arts to be appreciated my school in st louis owns a school in vienna so i did a study abroad for my last semester my bachelor program and then while i was here but okay so look at you st louis so <laughs> international uh th- that school is it has a lot all over the world um webster i don't know if you'd know it oh uh, like the dictionary no like the little black kid from that 80s show oh was he a classical guitarist no his name was webster Right. Which, <laughs> which instrument did he play? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. The small black kid who wrote the dictionary in the 80s. I remember now. <laughs> so, uh, so it was an easy like, oh, I'll just go... Were you kind of like, I want to go anywhere? And you're like, well, that makes the most sense. Well, I was already allowed to do the study abroad. and then, But I had a lease out of my own apartment in St. Louis. So I had to switch to living on campus for six months so I can go for the second semester. Ugh. While I was doing that, I started dating the German teacher at my school. <gasps> she, was, she was my neighbor. Because she's unprofessional? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the only reason, but yes. Um, <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that is in there, yes. Is, that's part of it. Were you taking German class or did you meet her somewhere else and she happened to be the teacher? She was my neighbor and my, my oh, neighbor. I was given like three flatmates that 
were just like loud party animals all the time. And you are a sophisticated classical musician. No, I just didn't. I had my headphones in most of the time and they would have parties and it would keep her and her flatmates awake. All of her flatmates were teachers. So they were always like, here's my number. How bad are we and, paying our teachers? Well, they were all from other countries coming for like uh, a, a year. Oh, so she teaching. was like a German. She was German. And I she thought had, you just meant she was a woman who taught German. I mean, no, she's also that probably. Well, she's a so she was a German uh, master or PhD student, something like that. Got a Fulbright scholarship. A got a PhD. I <laughs> got a Fulbright scholarship to come to the states and teach at the school for a year. Imagine, like you're going to America, and they're like Saint. Well, Saint Louis is actually kind of fun. It's not. I was thinking great, of like it's, it's not Oklahoma the City. Oh, Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, oh, a tumbleweed. Welcome to Sheboygan. <laughs> oh, God, what a nightmare. So she was sent over to speak German to students. Well, at, she was... Teaching. Not, yeah, she was a teacher, um, as the term. And she taught German. Yes. Did you take a German class? I sat in on all her classes. But is that because you were just creeping on her? No, no. What I don't You're like, hey, Frau. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Frau? Yes, Fräulein. <laughs> I can't believe it worked. Yeah. So you guys just met because you're neighbors. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I have complete disregard for Well, her. I should fuck with this kid. I don't respect this school who's put me next to this home full of rowdy boys. You are killing it with these riffs. <laughs> I'm, a real, I'm a real riffer, you guys. <laughs> We're having so much fun outside. I've had so much water to drink. Uh, I'm just wasted. I'm too hydrated is the problem. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I completely derailed just trying to talk about your German teacher. Um, okay, so, so the school you were yeah. at, they... So you had to move on campus. So I moved on campus. That's how I met her. We started dating. She suggested that I study in Austria or Germany because it's very, very cheap. She said the word's free because it's free for her. It's not free if you're American. It's but it's 750 euros a semester. Which so, is what? Which is essentially So free. cheap. The, the for... issue is that you have to then show that you have 8,000 euros in a bank account in order to get your visa. Which then comes in the next part, which is my mom reminded me that she had a friend that lived in Salzburg who was... Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Salzburg? Salzburg, no. yeah. Salzburg? No. Uh, an S at the beginning of a, of a is syllable. Is always a Z? Is a Z sound, and a Z anywhere is a T. A T sound like tsunami. Salzburg. Salzburg. Sa- Salzburg, okay. Salzburg, yeah. Wow, it's so scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's German. Yeah, I guess it is a lot of scary sounds. Yeah, it's, it's very aggressive. Yeah. Okay, wait, so your mom had a friend in yeah. Salzburg. Yes. Borg. It's a. It's like yes. a Salzburg sounds like a German alien. Yeah, it's like a salty enclave. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, wait. Mom's friend Salzburg. Yes. And so that was your in. So she had. So we met her because she. Yeah. Wait. Why does your mom have a friend in Austria? Right. Um, because my mom, like I was mentioned before, we started recording that my stepdad was in prison. So we got to go in and wait. <laughs> okay. So my, my stepdad was in prison and as it, stepdads tend to do, it's the thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my dad was in jail. Actually, the best part oh, is your mom has a type. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was black. So, <laughs> and she also dated a, she dated a, a, a minor league baseball player for a while. <gasps> wow. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she, he wouldn't have said the word dated as much as fucked, but like they 
I swear on your podcast. Oh, you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's where we're going to draw the line is the no curse words. But let me just. Yeah. But 100%. I will call those monkeys brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I meant. Don't blog about me. You got to figure out ways to say it clean. <laughs> Make it Be family, as racist as you want, but family, no slurs. Racism. Just good, wholesome racism like the old days. <laughs> it was simpler time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but my, my dad got arrested when I was like six. And my mom broke up with him because she was like, I can't be with a guy who's in jail i can't do it yeah and then before he got out she got married to a guy on death row wait like pin palling how did that happen uh she was a journalist and her <gasps> paper covered a story of him because he was on america's most wanted and it was what? a big story and then after that she went to talk to him about something else she makes it very clear that she wasn't involved on his story because that would be a conflict of interest. Uh, but she came hey, for something hey, else. I didn't do the story of the criminal I married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then she came and like, started talking for something else. Uh, she wasn't involved in the story, but she's like, I should go to the prison I, just to see. A new st- I don't know exactly. I didn't ask. I, it was boring shit. It was Your bo- mom saw his picture and it was like that sick. That Jeremy. Remember, like, Do you remember that picture went viral of that hot criminal? It was like a hot Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason Meeks or something like that. Jeremy oh, yeah. Meeks? Jeremy or Jeremy. Jason. Something. <laughs> and now he's a model. Yeah. She's like, I better go get the rest of the story. <laughs> Her mom is hustling down to the prison. I'm going to try to get the scoop. Yeah, let's get some scooped. Well, there was one point she was talking to him and he like went up to like scratch his head and she could see like through the, his shirt sleeve, his armpit, and that turned her on. And uh, that... So your mom is also a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at those pits. That's uh, got to be a weird thing to be like, did I just get turned on by an armpit? Well, we belong here. I, I was it the pheromones is that what she's saying uh, no it was the site which apparently it wasn't usually a thing for her but like he's special they're soulmates so oh, well you know he's he's a cellmate well maybe not <laughs> i'm sorry you guys don't don't tune out it's a good story i think i don't know the story way to sell it <laughs> that's why i sell everything so made it hey, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> I deserve nothing uh, uh, thank god i have nothing um Okay. So they they met. They they got married. So was he ever out of jail? Uh. Uh-uh. Was there a ceremony? They just legally yeah, signed some papers. A ceremony inside the prison. Did he have assets? I'm not someone who would ever marry for money. I'm just trying to figure out why you would bother with a marriage with someone who I'm assuming at that point was already on death row. Death row. You said that. Yeah, she loved him. So why get the government involved? Uh, because you get more rights as a as a spouse when you're visiting. Oh. I mean, I don't, think that, I don't think that was exclusive to the reason, but like... Also, tax th- break if you're married. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, so much cheaper if you're married, just in general. Yeah, I mean, his, his income was like, what, like 250 a week or something so like that? So then you're claiming that for a whole household? I mean, you're really struggling. <laughs> Less taxes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the reason was love and she wanted to get married and she hadn't wanted to get married before that because she wasn't married to my dad. So she was like, well, I want to get married. It must be because it's love. Yeah. And also, it. it does. It, it is the thing where if you're a spouse, I think. then you get more visitation rights. Conjugal and more, visits. No, wow, like, wow, you, know, wow. you don't get that at all. No, <laughs> it's a maximum security prison. So your mom married a man she. Couldn't let me get this right. Your mom got married to someone and she never had sex with them. Uh, how do you marry a guy without even tasting his dick first? You I don't mean, even know if it's compatible. How do I? I'm not even gonna buy a pair of jeans without trying them on. Am like I if, right, I, if, I t- if I stick my tongue to the tip of a dick and it doesn't make my mouth pucker, that's not the one. If it doesn't taste like you ever lick a battery, like this isn't love. <laughs> I didn't feel the spark. Boo. <laughs> 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 Wait. Okay. 
I'm sorry. My brain is like going. So now you're trying directions. to connect that to how this has to do with my friend in Salzburg, the family friend in Salzburg. Who is also a criminal. Who she she actually pen paled, met somebody in the same prison as my stepdad and ended up getting married to him. This woman did. That woman did. She so, just answered one of those personal ads for prisoners. I think I think the thing was she just kind of wanted someone to talk to that would be in prison and like what that she wouldn't. It's like have to the worry idea about. of like, oh, it's someone to communicate with, but like I don't actually have to ever meet them. Oh, it's like how sometimes in, if you're, never mind. I was just going to, like, sometimes I wonder with the idea, like when I'm single and like thinking about the concept of relationships or like start dating someone and then like, do I really want this? Sometimes I'm like, I think I just want someone. There's moments where I'm like, do I really want to want a person? I, I or do wonder, I just want someone to like ask me how my day was and then leave me alone? Sometimes I wonder if I wander around the world just because I'm hoping for someone to want me want to wander back home. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was in a park alone for hours in Germany. I got a lot of compliments on that Instagram photo. You guys can't see it now. It was in the story. <sighs> you know, I I go back and forth between like being such a hopeless romantic and being like Am I really a hopeless romantic or like, is this just what society has told me I need to be? I fucking yeah. think about the idea of love a disgusting amount. It, but, but based on this and the suicide conversation we were talking about earlier and like, and like the career stuff, it's, it makes me wonder if you're thinking about the idea of love so much or you're just thinking about whether or not society is the reason that you're doing things anything. You, yeah. That's what it sounds more like. It's just that you're Which always like, like, is it me or society? I should just let it go and be like, if this is a thing that your brain says it wants to do, you should just enjoy that you want it or whatever. But instead mm. I go like, well, do I really want it? And it's like, well, yeah. And if so, why? <laughs> do, if, do you know, I can't imagine how freeing it would be to get to the point where I don't feel like I need to know why. Yeah. yeah. Do you have that where it's just like, Oh, I just don't accept. I just accept that's not going to happen. Cause my, I my can't problem, wait for that point. I want to get to acceptance. I'm, I'm very over analytical. And whenever I do manage to turn my brain off and just not overanalyze something, I feel bad about myself because I'm like, oh, you're not even thinking about life You're anymore. not a thinker. Yeah. Do you oh, even care? You're just letting it pass you by without even taking a second thought for it. But really, it's like, no, you're just being present. Yeah. You're, you're, not just, getting... you're just happy. And I'm like, yeah, but you do. How dare you? <laughs> but your, your life is slipping between your fingers like sand. Yeah. It was like the amount of things I for sure cannot answer because there is not a solid answer to them that like you just spiral on and it's like, for what? But anyway, what yeah. were we saying before you made a callback to an Instagram post? Probably no one had seen. <laughs> Listen, do I sometimes write weird, sad Have some things? faith in your followers. Your listeners I should be also be, there should be some crap. I know, they love integration. them. Most of them responded. All of them, every single one of them were like, this, this is brilliant. No one said <laughs> no, it was brilliant. They were just like, this is... A how. couple people did go, this is really nice. Or, oh my God, I feel that way. But literally, when Which I say a couple... Which is the opposite of brilliant. It's like, I'm oh my God, a lot of other people have thought this exact thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think the things that are most profound, it's like someone put into words a thing that's been like... Yeah. You're at the cusp of. Yeah. Like, be like, uh, like, like the monkeys of brothers. Be. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's. I've been thinking that one for years. I'm like, how can I say this? How can I be racist on TV? <laughs> oh, you think this is TV? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I? Did I put the makeup on for no reason? Not for no reason. Mm. You look great. You do the right. birds outside are really into? There's oh, the birds are. They have hung themselves from the branches. <laughs> It's what would the birds be involved for? What am I, Snow White? It's yeah, aren't we all? 
How also Everyone this is a thing I've talked about with friends before, but just that whole picture of princesses like whistling and birds Animals coming. coming. They're yeah. just like it's disgusting. But we're like, how? Why is it disgusting? Well, I mean, it's just like cute, but in reality, it's like that person's. You look at Snow White or Cinderella, and really, like their area that they live in would just be covered in like bird shit. <laughs> like Snow White, even as pale as we think she is, or she just her face is just <laughs> covered in bird shit because the birds are like your voice is terrible, and they're just shitting all over her, and she's like. Ah! Little known fact That's from the Disney conspiracy like forum, uh, Snow White and Jasmine are actually the same person pre and post bird shit. <laughs> <laughs> She's just in bad bird shit geisha just, face. Just, yeah, bird shit bukkake. <laughs> Been there. <clears throat> anyway, what were we saying about Austria? <laughs> oh, my stepdad was executed. Okay, your stepdad was... We have to get to that. Yeah, Do well, we? Should we talk about that before we get into the Austrian... Uh, well, it doesn't matter to me. I okay, mean, well, you, let's you go... Okay. how I got here, so that was... I can, so your mom person. met this woman who I'm assuming had come to visit a criminal? Yeah. Well, she ended up getting... She had just done it to be like, hey, I'm just going to... They did a double wedding pal. through the pain then, of glass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they both put their hands to each other like Tarzan, you know? And... Uh, and <laughs> I do. I'm always curious if my mom ever pressed her titty against the glass like the uh, Midnight <laughs> Express. <laughs> I feel like she might have. Hi, I mom. mean, that's what you do when you love people. You push your tits against glass yeah, for them. Yeah. Or when you just think it's funny. I have may or may not have pushed my tits against several pieces of glass. Because it was funny and love. Yeah. I love you enough to be funny right now. Yeah. Uh, I love you enough to make my beautiful, gorgeous body humorous. Yeah, that's what it was. It's like my body, which normally looks amazing, <laughs> pushed against this glass is hilarious, but it's because of the glass. <laughs> it's not because God only gave me one decent breast. There is no God. Okay. Yeah. Focus. So we met <laughs> We met her because she ended up getting married to her husband, the pen pal. They met and they're like, we both make the same great life choices. We should be... They became pen pals? What? No. After that, your no. mom and Gertie her. and her husband, Billy. Billy was... Uh, okay. My mom... Gertie? Gertie is her name. Okay. Yeah. So it's Gertie, my mom. Dennis was my stepdad. Billy was the other one. Billy and Dennis sound like such classic guys in prison names. Do they? Just like, I could make a buddy movie about a Billy and Dennis. I didn't know that was a classic. I don't think it is. I don't really know much about prison. In fact, they probably have names like Jawface and Sawbone. <laughs> if anyone needs to hire someone to name characters on their prison show, I am 100% available. If anyone needs to hire a riffer, like a yeah. professional riffer, oh, uh, oh she's That's got That's what it. I do. Comedy is actually my part-time. I get, make most of my money in riffing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a prof- professional riffraff. I'm the riffraff. Yeah, I call them Canadian comedians, but you know. Comedian Canadians, Canadians, prison. So. It all makes sense. Gertie, pen pal with Billy, ended up getting married to Billy. Then my mom and I would go visit Dennis and Gertie would come to visit Billy. So you guys just ran into each other there? Yeah, because the thing is you're all in one big room, but you can't interact with each other. But if you all stay until the end of the visit, you all have to leave at once. So So you guys left and your mom's like... So did you like know that guy before? No, <laughs> no. But it is the thing where like when you're when you're in the prison as a as a wife or a family member like of any sort. How old were you when they met? Uh, six. Okay. Yeah. So it's a thing where it, nobody really understands what it's like to be in that situation. Yeah. Except for the other people who are there the with people you. People are there. So you so have a tendency like a to kind of commiserate and talk to each bonding. other and become friends. I wouldn't exactly call it trauma bonding, but it is. 
it is like a getting to know somebody who at least can commiserate with you. On yeah, certain they things. under they have yeah. the un- an understanding that other people won't have. Yeah, and that's how they got to know each other. And then Billy was executed in two thousand two. Billy is her Gertie's, okay. Gertie's uh, husband. So in two thousand one, she fl- Gertie flew us out here to do to go to an anti death penalty conference in France. God, she should have been doing more of those in America. Yeah, but Bianca Jagger was there, so. Oh, well, all all for the best then. (laughs) Win-win. And then in 2002, Billy was executed. So my mom was with Gertie whenever that, like, she, like, she was there. Gertie goes inside, watches it happen, comes back out. Oh, my my God, people go watch it happen. Yeah, they they do. That is a weird, it makes sense. It is a thing of, like, I want to be with my loved one in their last moment and show solidarity. You're not dying alone in here that you have somebody who loves you. It does I make guess sense. that makes sense. But I straight up told him, I'm like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to go there. watch a man be executed. And, he, and my stepdad was like, I don't want you to. Your mom, I don't want your mom to either because I don't want her to have to live with that memory. But she Insisted. wants to. So, yeah. Was it the the juice? What is that called? The, uh, no, the electric chair? No, I meant. The uh, lethal injection. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've heard, never it, mind. Uh, I've heard it's not like as peaceful as people. All of them are not really as peaceful. As well, I mean, but I mean, I know, but like, there's nothing's thing. more peaceful than the well, electric the problem chair. Is the 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 lethal injection can go quite wrong, and there was some state in the last few years that I think used expired Christ. chemicals, and it just really, really fucked somebody up. And it's and it can like it can be quite inhumane. But they're they. But all either of them way, it's all, like you're killing someone. Yeah, though. but all of them are always like they're. Oh, this is inhumane. Let's find another one, and then that's only deemed humane for like a few years Although, or whatever, and they find you, something else. What I, you know? What I'm curious about this is going even further off topic. Is that there are places now? There's like a place in Zurich, and there's a couple states that allow for uh, assisted suicide for people who are like terminally ill. And I wonder, I just wonder what, what their method, method is. Use? If it's like there is an actual more humane one that like they're just like, yeah, we're not gonna spend <laughs> yeah, that much money for these prisoners. Yeah. Wait, so how long was your stepdad in your life? Um, I met him when I was six. They got married when I was seven. He was executed when I was, right before I turned 19. So that's like a huge chunk of yeah, yeah. time. And for most of that, I would visit him every weekend. Every weekend. Yeah. That's interesting as like, that's just interesting that like, to introduce a father figure in a position like that. Yeah, it was weird. But like, um, I don't know. My mom did ask me, and ultimately I don't know how much it would have come into the... But she did ask me as a kid, like, how do I feel about it? And I think she did say, like, if it was a really big problem for me, she would have adjusted. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, you're an adult. Yeah, it's also like, well, you maybe shouldn't adjust your decisions too much around what a six-year-old thinks. Exactly. And to me, it's like... But the thing was, like, you know, you just think of, like, um, which... Like a child actor or somebody who's like going to go to like a, be a NFL player, yeah, they kind of have to move them to places where that's possible. Because if you're like in a small town when nobody's got any heat on that basketball team or football team or whatever, you can be as good as you want. No one's the scouts gonna aren't going to be looking there. You have to go yeah. to like the good schools. And oh I'm just thinking like how parents do uproot their entire lives for the sake of their kids doing that. And I got the exact opposite. Because <laughs> we had to move because um, we were living in Kansas City. Oh, so this guy wasn't. I thought like this was a place down the street from you. No, we were living in Kansas City. He was five hours away. So she then, moved you to. Well, first he got transferred to Arizona. So we moved to Arizona for six months while his uh, trial was taken care of there. Your mom followed him from prison. Yeah, to like prison. a fish concert. <laughs> Great reference. 
just wherever the maximum security may go. Yeah. So the thing was, uh, he 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 was on meth, and whenever he basically when he was nineteen. When he was 14, he started breaking people's houses, and they would just steal everything from the medicine cabinets, yeah. shoot it up, see if it worked. If it did, they'd keep it. If it didn't, they'd throw it out and try it again. By the time he was 19, he was with a guy. They were robbing somebody. Guy he was with, older guy, uh, killed somebody with a shotgun. They uh. both went to prison. Then when he was like 32, he got out. He was working at the Salvation Army, and he met another guy who had been institutionalized his whole fucking life because his mom was like a prostitute and like... Her boyfriends would like break his fingers as a baby just for. He the was fun just of like it. so fucked up. From yeah, trauma. This guy's name's Alan, and he was just his. He told me I talked to him right before he was executed. He was. Wait, think, Alan or? Alan was the guy who actually did all the murders. That, okay. And Dennis was with him. Oh, so he was like, uh, what is that word? Accomplice. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, but the, 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 I'll explain it in just a second. So but Alan was the guy who actually did it. He was the guy that was really fucked up since childhood. His mom was a prostitute when he was a baby. Uh, the, the, her boyfriends would uh, break his fingers, break his uh, legs, burn him with cigarettes, lock him in closets. Yeah. Uh, it, dude, he would have to eat dog food because they couldn't afford anything else. He said he stabbed his first person when he was six because the pimp was bring, beating up his mom. So he stabbed him and then he got beat up and thrown into a trash can. And when he was executed, he was, I think, 41. And he said he'd spent like 32 of those years in some sort of institution, Fuck. whether it was prison or child homes and psych ward, uh, whatever. Exactly. And like he'd been like on, I thought, like Thorazine, I think, when he was a kid. And he's just drooling and pissing on himself. So he was kind of like really fucked up. He, God. Met, he was also working at the Salvation Army with my stepdad, Dennis. Oh. And they met each other. That's they, okay. They kind of got along. And that's when um, Alan was like, hey, we could go to St. Louis from Kansas City get some weed we can sell it we can get an apartment so they're like, okay let's do that they bought they had a 17 year old kid who had a car and he was like i can drive you so the 17 year old kid has the car alan is like 22 my stepdad is 32 so then alan ends up killing three people on Christ. Trip. yeah he kills one person who's it's a it's a long story i don't know how much you want to get into because there's a lot of other stuff you want to talk about i mean this like, is great <laughs> keep this is this is fascinating so what happened was while they were going, the car broke down. The kid started freaking out because he didn't tell his daddy he was taking the car. So now they're trying to figure out a way to keep going and get where they're going. So they, they're they like walking and they find a house, break into it, steal some money, steal some guns. And then they start walking and trying to push the car, find something out. They end up hitchhiking and a guy stops for them. And he starts going back to Kingdom City. And they're like, that's the wrong way. We just came from that way. We're not trying to go that way. And the guy was like, "That's it's a company car. I have to go this way. And then Alan, the one that was institutionalized. Unstable, yeah. yeah, Just snapped, drew a gun on him, told him to pull over. Then they robbed him. Alan's job was to go take him out into the woods and tie him up. While he was there, and Dennis and the kid were just counting money uh, in the car. While he was there, he said, because I talked to him, Alan, two days before he was executed. Because he was executed four four or five years after my stepdad was, even though he did all the murders. And even though that's he, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to him like the day or two before he was executed. He said he took the guy out there to tie him up and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to let him go. So he told the guy to run. The guy started running. Then he would like slow down and like look back and just like stop running. So he ran after him again, 
guy starts running again, and then the same thing slows down, looks back, and he said it was like the guy wanted me to kill him. And I'm like, I guarantee that's I not what he was thinking. I don't think that's what was going. That was probably not. He what was, he was probably thinking. out of breath and <laughs> looking back to see if he had made it far enough away from you that he was safe. Apparently <laughs> hadn't. So uh, Alan like had him sit by a tree, like cross his arms and legs so he can tie him up. Then he realized I didn't bring rope with me. And just shot the guy. Fuck. Yeah. So then he goes back to the car and Dennis is like, what happened? Wait, you didn't have rope. How did you tie that guy up? You did something. Okay. You killed him. So this fucking sucks. Now we have his company car. So they, um, the plan, Alan said, let's just drive back to Kansas City. I'll drop you and the kid off and I'll just keep driving and I'll just go to Mexico or something. Yeah. And Dennis said, dude, don't do that. Like I broke my parole by one hanging out with you two leaving unexpectedly i'm in trouble either way let's just both go so they go to mexico yeah yeah and on their way they get stuck in arizona in the washes um you know washes. Yeah, yeah when the what are the washes like when it rains and for the it, people who don't know who are definitely not Me. you um <laughs> it's since there's no vegetation in the desert like, yeah when it rains it just like trenches oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the gravel gets like washed out of the way. So they get stuck in one of those and they get a guy to help them. And I don't know exactly why, but Alan ended up snapping and shooting him. Boy, chaos just follows Alan wherever he goes. Well, it's not that it's following it. It's he's bringing it. He's, yeah, he sort of is the chaos. Yeah. And uh, then they get back to that guy's house. I don't exactly know how the deals were, but like she was like pounding on his chest. Like, where's my husband at? Runs in to go call the police. He's running after her, trying to stop her. He said that whenever she ran inside past the, the on the porch, a dog jumped up. And uh, he said that he went to shoot at the dog, and then he saw her drop. And he said that that fucked him up because that was the first time he'd ever hurt a, a woman, woman before. Um, oh, he didn't. He only saw women as people. <laughs> or. I don't know. I think he was raised by a single mom, and I think that there yeah, was. Yeah, there's like a soft that. spot. There's way more empathy. Oh, and especially like how terrible it sounds like men treated him. I could imagine him yeah, just seeing I men think as it was garbage. Something like that. Fuck. Uh, so that really fucked his because he, 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 according to him, he's like, I didn't care about the men I killed, and he didn't have a reason to lie because it's like, it's like you're it's, already you're two you're days dying, away from yeah, and like, and also he's talking to me who is the stepson of the guy who who was with you who yeah who, who was killed because of you yeah um so it he said that he really didn't in his mind mean to kill her but <laughs> he's like the other ones for sure. Yeah. Where'd the dog go, Alan? So the, uh, so, I remember I was telling at one point in this story, uh, they shot a rattlesnake in a bush. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why it was. But He's I killed all these people, and then I'm like, really? A rattlesnake? But I remember telling one of my friends in Missouri this story at one point, and he's like, I can't believe they executed your stepfather for shooting a rattlesnake. Like, he did not, and you're like, didn't realize know, that wasn't the actual problem. That's not. The, that was definitely just supplements. Those are bonus features on the TV. just happened to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he washed his socks and then changed shoes and they just executed and him? They just killed him for <laughs> living? And it's like, well, not exactly. So they went, they went to Mexico. Dennis said that Alan killed a woman in Mexico too, but they were never tried for that one. And uh, basically Alan said what that... What happens down in Mexico, guys? Is uh, the federales problem. Oh, boy. But Alan said he was going to leave Dennis there, go back up to uh, San Diego and just uh, handle court in the streets of just pretty much suicide by cop. Oh. And uh, Alan or Dennis said, "Like, don't do that. Let's just go back up together." Because 
Dennis also couldn't really be left alone because he had been my stepdad is Dennis again. Yeah. Um, he had been in prison so much time too that he didn't really know how to be out in the world. Oh, he like wasn't functional. Yeah, like he, he didn't just, like know how to be in society. He spent most of his adult life like nineteen to thirty two. Yeah, they jail. say. I mean, like that's a huge adjustment when people get out. Yeah, like, and then and also to be in Mexico alone when you don't yeah. speak the language. So like he was just like, I don't want to be left alone. Let's just go back up. We'll figure something out. And that's when they got arrested. Oh, so if he hadn't, if they stayed in Mexico, they probably still I mean, it would be on the run or something. Yeah. Or dead. Oh, let's be honest. They'd be dead. They were also, they were really high on meth this entire time. Oh God. So that's, that's the whole like crime spree that they were and They were America's most wanted. And that's, and that's uh, where your mom saw him. And she's like, who's that? And she's like, Uncle love. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so my mom spent like her whole time being married to him, trying to appeal to get the sentence reduced to life without parole. Instead of instead of execution, penalty. yeah. So she was on like a campaign. She was yeah working a lot of a lot of working with a lot of lawyers, dealing with a lot of cases. I don't, I, I, my name was on some of them, but like I don't know all the details. It was kind of like yeah, put my name on it as an extra name, as like a, a as a notary type of not notary but the witnessy type of. I don't exactly know what the function was because I was young. I was like when I'm like thirteen, and my mom's like, "Why is your hey, name? We're filing a lawsuit. Do you want your name on the lawsuit?" And I think it might be a thing where if more people are involved in it, it oh, it be, helps. It's the yeah, same as I think like, it might be a class action. A class action, like yeah. It's a class action lawsuit. It's just you and your mom and that one woman from Austria. <laughs> oh like, no, it's enough to make a class. Are, yeah. That's how they met as your mom was yeah. outside grabbing women, walking out like, how, why are they in? Do you want to get in this class action lawsuit? Do you have a moment of your time? She's just hanging out at GD. She's, she's he has like, like a hey. green piece, but for getting she's people. like, hey, you look like you need to go to class. What about this class action lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Class action? Well, that sounds intense. I don't like action. Wow. So you every weekend you would go... More or less. I mean, we What is it bonding like? You just talk? Yeah. I mean, what does he have? To, did he tell you prison stories? Yeah, but I mean that wasn't. I mean he was he, he was a good stepdad. If I'm being honest, like he really did like do his best to, and also once he was off drugs and then he became religious when he was in there, yeah. and he and he did a lot to like give back to the community. It's crazy to think that a stepdad that's technically like in bah, prison, yeah, it could be a better father significantly figure. better as a father figure than several my, father figures. Yeah. yeah, than my actual dad. Yeah, same. Who my my dad at the time, whenever he got remarried, which again I understand why my dad was upset about it. Especially when it's like I can't be with a guy who's in jail, and then and now, get, yeah, yeah, that's that. I didn't find that out until like well, that a couple had to years be ago. like a mindfuck. Oh, I, I didn't find that until a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, I get a lot of things now because my dad didn't handle it well. Oh, I'm sure. And it, like, but I think my problem is like he he went through me, and like that's not a responsible thing for a dad. No, to No, you don't like like and he would like, and I get I get feeling self conscious about it and insecure. And now I'm five hours away, but I remember being on the phone and being like. Well, do you love him? You know, I'm still your dad, right? Like, you, you, don't, you don't love him more than me, do you? And, like, even as, an, like, an eight-year-old, I'm like, Relax, I feel man. like you shouldn't be doing this. Like, yeah. I feel like this isn't how you should be discussing this with your son. Yeah. It, it, it's a really weird, like, uncomfortable situation to put it in. And then I remember one time my mom was reading me a letter from my dad, and it said, like, tell your mom that I'm still in love with her. And I was like, and my mom was like, oh. And I was like, what's the problem? Why can't he love you? And he's like... He can. It's the in love, and love and in love are two different things. And that's just you won't. You can't understand it now, but like that's just a it's, hugely different just, thing. And you it, just don't do that through your child. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
So I mean, like, it wasn't. The, I, I, it was. He had his problems, and also, as much as it was like, oh, she left him because of that reason. Yeah, he was an alcoholic and a gambling. It was, addict it's as well. not like he was. It wasn't the first straw. Yeah, he, he'd gambled her car away before. He stole money from both. That of was like gamble. her final. Yeah. That was like, you know what? I'm. It done. was like all of these things, and now you're in jail. And I also, what I found out also like two years ago was that my dad's a registered registered sex offender what yeah i I was like i was like googling my dad i'm like oh google images you can find a lot of pictures of a lot of people let's see what happens i type my dad's name in and i found a is he still in your life really not really okay uh sex uh registered sex offender and i was like oh same name in kansas city what a coincidence click on i'm like i think that's my dad's address click on another one that's a picture of my dad and oh boy (laughs) And I called my mom, like, why don't I not know about this? And she's like, well, that's what he got in trouble for. He was accused of basically, apparently, he he was moving up to New Jersey to start a new job while he was up there looking for a house. He was at a hotel. He was at a bar of the hotel, saw a girl and her husband or boyfriend fighting. And then the boyfriend, like, stormed off. She was crying. And he was like, hey, you want to hang out? And, like, she went up to, I don't know all the details. Wow, and this wow, kind of, wow. Went up to his room. The boyfriend ended up coming back looking for him found out what room they were in found them and when she was there she was like uh he raped me oh so okay. it's a thing where like it, it could we be, don't know but there's really no way there's his know. side and then there's yeah he said nothing happened i don't know i've been in a situation where i've been falsely accused of that before too so it's a thing Fuck. where like i know that like it's something where you, you hear it and you're just automatically everyone's like oh so you're a rapist and it's like i didn't do anything and um but Fuck. it was a thing where like they were able to like change the sentence but then when they switched him to Missouri, what they changed it to was still a thing that you had to be a registered sex offender for. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, I didn't know any of that. My mom, I'm like, why would you not tell me? She's like, because it's your dad. I'm like, I spent like 12 years going to prison on a weekly basis. It's like, you're worried about... And you're worried about this. And she's like, well, yeah, because I, I was like 26 when she when I found out. Yeah. And it's, she's like, well, this is your actual dad. I didn't want you to know what it said about you. And what I learned is that, like, between that and my blue eyes that are clearly coming from the rape of a slave, I come from a long line of rapists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's just good to know where you come from. Yeah, you know? Fuck. I don't even need 23 in me when I have information like that. Well, too, like, well, it's your, like, dad, so I don't want you to think that that... That's so interesting. It's like, murder, fine. (laughs) But father, yeah, I I don't want you to think that that says... What does that say about you? But... Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, my stepdad was really good. Like, and he was, like, really good at listening and, like, compassionate. And also, my mom and I, like, clash on a lot of things. Like, we have, like, very similar personalities, but, like, and they differ in all the wrong spots. Ah. So, it's a thing where, like, we, if a conversation turns into a fight very quickly. Okay. Like, even though, like, we're not, I, we are on very good terms, but, like, yeah. we just clash that badly. Yeah. And he was, he had, like, the exact personality type where he could, like, Kinda see what was going it. on and be like, wait. I think what you're both trying to say is the exact same thing. And we're like, oh, that's right. Thanks, prison dad. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. This fall. Me and my prison dad. On ABC. <laughs> wow. I think you should do that whenever you pitch your Alaska show. Just like, we're going to pitch a show about Alaska, and it's just all of its prison. Uh, <laughs> dude, I watched an episode of MSNBC Lockup where I saw a guy. They went to the, the maximum security prison, and I jokingly, I was on a, like, on a couch at a Chicago comics house, like all hanging out with a bunch of Chicago comics, just there, whatever. And I was like, but I know a couple people in here. And then they cut to a guy that had murdered one of my friends. And I was like, Oh my oh, God. You really didn't know and he, person. and he's like, everyone thinks we're monsters. We're not monsters. And I'm like, Hey, hey he murdered my friend. You're like, <laughs> he's he's right. a monster. He's right. I feel that way. <laughs> yes. We, I do feel that way. 
Oh, it's so it's, there's a lot of fucking. Woo. Were your friends from Chicago? The not the friends I that not the friend that was murdered. No, I was just on the road two summers ago when I. Oh, did it a, wasn't in Chicago. No, the, like, the lockup abroad wasn't. Oh, it was lockup abroad. Yeah. Not abroad. It was MSNBC. Oh, MSNBC. Lockup. Okay. The regular lockup. Okay, they but, have a non But it wasn't. It wasn't a Chicago-based. No, lockup. I was watching it in Chicago. Okay. Sorry, and then I should have said the episode was Alaska. Oh, whatever okay. their fucking maximum yeah, security yeah, prison yeah. is, and I was like, "Bet I know some," and I was like, "Oh, God. oh okay." Um, because otherwise it is weird that you're just like lock up in all of America. Yeah, I probably know this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what have you been doing on the road? I live a life of sin. Okay, so all of that. Fuck, that's so much shit. Um, but so your mom meets Gertie. Gertie. And we knew each other from that. So then my mom, whenever Gertie was, when her husband was being executed, my mom went to the prison with her, waited for Gertie to go inside. When Gertie came back out, my mom was there, let her like stay with him, commiserate with her. And then she comes back to Europe where nobody understands what the fuck she's talking about because they don't do that here. And it is still weird because it is like whether you don't understand execution or not, people would be like, what? He he died a year ago. What are you still upset about? Like That's it, the most... It was she in Austria? That seemed like such a German yeah, thing to yeah. be like, yeah, move on. Yeah, and it was the thing where it's like, I don't even care if you understand execution. Your, her husband died. Like, yeah, like... Why are you still sad? Like, Get a new one. <laughs> but um, So then she kind of came back and she just like changed her perspective because she's like, she loved her husband and she was this thing of like, she realized that he was like... A, artist and introspective and like she's just like he has all these interesting things and like there's so much of a beautiful person here and then there's all these people in my life that just are fucking worthless essentially and they're just like freeloading and like why why should he be dead and these other people get to live yeah that's so that's heavy yeah so then she had like this and then my mom whenever dennis was executed in 2009 which was i don't remember the exact day but it was two days before i graduated high school good lord um then she'd gone through the same thing and Gertie had gone these seven years of just like nobody knows what it's like. And then a good friend of hers who was there for her when it happened to her now had the same thing happen to her. So she feels this kinship with my mom. Yeah. And then, so she, I was just coming here anyway for the study abroad. And then my ex-girlfriend was like, Hey, you should look into schools in Austria and Germany. And then I came here and my mom reminded me about Gertie who's living in Salzburg, doesn't have any kids owns a few businesses so she has a decent amount of money she's like she's probably really well what first wants off, she, someone to share time with well first she surprised me by um buying me an inter a euro pass so i could just drive across the uh continent on a train for two months that's and, so nice and then like gave me money when i ran out of money like a couple Aww. of thousand while i was running out of money here and i was like i don't I'm trying to be sparing it and she's like just call me when you're out again i'll give you another 500 i just yeah. only want to give you 500 at a time but like there's not a limit on how many times you can do this. So just she's like, I have money. Fun. What am I gonna do with yeah. it? Yeah, like and uh, then like she surprised me by flying my mom out. Oh, and uh, she took us like out to a five star dinner. Then took us to Prague for two days. Uh, then she took my mom to Paris for the week while I was in school. And they had one meal at the top of the Eiffel Tower that cost more than the round trip ticket to and from the states. Oh my god! And uh, she sounds like such a just. She's a badass. Like when she was like. She draw. She, I think she, she went to the Mozart Theater, which is like a really prestigious uh, cl- classical music school in Salzburg. Oh, okay. And but she like ran away from home when she was like sixteen because she had problems with her dad, and then she just like started being an entrepreneur. Mm. And then when she was like 
maybe 20, she went to Thailand and she's like, I'm taking a vacation. I'll just do six months going to Thailand, just soaking up the rays in the beaches. Wow. She, she got there and then like two weeks in, she's like, this is boring. I needed a job. <laughs> so she went to like, um, I get it, a shipping thing. And she was like, I want to work here. And they gave her like a ridiculously low price <laughs> salary because she was a woman. And she's like, okay, I'll take this salary for one month. At the end of the month, we're going to look at my performance and we're going to see if we're going to adjust this price. So then <laughs> what she did is she went and bribed all the officials on like the, that were like keeping track of how much stuff is going in. Yeah. And it was basically like it was like changing it by like one bot per thing. And it was like for every kilo that they don't register, they can like they, it's this thing where instead of them, they have no incentive to like be accurate when it's like, oh, I can make money off this, too. Because yeah. they're making so little money. So she just bribed everybody and then like tripled everybody's profits. Wow. And uh, then she came back and she's like, so now you're going to triple my price. And she was bawling out so fucking hard there. And she was in her early 20s. Oh, shit. And she told me one time she was riding her motorcycle because she is a, a badass. Fucking something that's like written from a book. She, yeah, she really is. Like she... When she was a kid, like, like when she was a late teenager, she had a motorcycle and there was like this motorcycle competition of like driving over a log and all these like things. And like the pol- like she was better than all the police people who had to have motorcycles and got first That's place. So, in this. Funny. so she's driving her motorcycle. It starts raining. So she just pulls into a BMW dealership and buys a car. And like and like the thing is, she told me about it. And I remember I want to say the exact numbers because the numbers she told me, I don't remember exactly. And it was like just for inflation. And it was. Basically, an, a BMW in like the 80s that had to be imported to Thailand. So they had to mark up the price because of the import as well. Yeah. And she was just like, I want this, but I want it with white. They're like, we don't have white. And she's like, well, here's the cash. I'll be back tomorrow. Paint it white. Yeah. And it, and it was a thing where it's like, you or just, get a white you one, just spent so much money on an umbrella because it was yeah. just raining on you. And then you had to still drive home in the rain anyway. <laughs> So like she she did a lot of like really badass stuff in her day, and Damn. um, so she told me if I got accepted to an Austrian or a German school that she would help me out. So I did that, and I got accepted here. When I got here, by chance in the first week, her business partner had died, and he said it was only a five percent stake, but convenient. Yeah. Well, <laughs> From a person who comes from a line of step criminals and regular <laughs> criminals, but um. So he had like 5% ownership, but he had like different sources of income and yeah. there was some weird stuff going on with those. So like everything got frozen until they got to the bottom of everything. Mm. So she just had to let that company die. Fuck. So she told me if I signed off saying that I owned her company, that she would give me a thousand euros a month and pay my rent. <laughs> so I was like, she's like I live in Austria now. Yeah. And I was like, she's like, look, I'm not going to fuck you over. But even if I tried to like anything would happen, the, 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 the chef, the CEO would get yeah. in trouble not the owner. And I was like, cool. So I'm going to sign this and then never ask you any questions. Yeah. You're like, and yeah. I released this podcast. You immediately get arrested. Yeah. They're like laundering. Well, then what happened is we were doing that five semesters of me doing my, my master's as slowly as possible. Yeah. Cause I just want the visa and I don't care about the degree at all. It's musicology. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I uh, didn't even know that was a word. Yeah. Well, musicology, it's like the art history of music. And oh. it's it's a pyramid scheme. It's like, oh, what do you get to be when you when you get this degree? Oh, a teacher of this degree. Yeah, that's literally all you can do. Yeah. A musicologist. <laughs> um so in 2016, December 2016, she died. Um Aww. and I'm sorry. 
Thank you. Seems like it, I, I told you my stepdad was executed. This is Damn. the. <laughs> Your stepdad didn't have a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> Your stepdad was a criminal. All oh, this woman, she was a strong, independent woman, a yeah, businesswoman. Yeah. Men can Bribes. die, but this lady. <laughs> I'm also sorry about your stepdad. Oh, thanks. What about my dad? Is he dead? No, but he is black. No. Are you sure? You have blue (laughs) eyes. Uh, But so she died and then I had to like figure out how to do it because the thing was she would also like put the 8,000 in my bank account so I could basically print off a bank statement, take the money right back out, hand it back to her. But, but it's then, just like, I have the money yeah, to like exactly. keep your piece of stuff. But now I can't do that. I can't even afford the 750 per semester, which annoyed me because like a week earlier, one of them, I was in my master's thesis class and one of the girls was like, I'm just trying to get my thesis done as quickly as possible. It's expensive. I can't afford to keep studying. And I was like, you think this is expensive? 750 a semester. You think, I'm from America, okay? 12,000 And a then semester. immediately you're like, I'm okay. going to have to drop out. I'm, <laughs> a week later, um, I'm like, I can't afford this. <laughs> you're like, why did I take so long? <laughs> I mean, I didn't want the degree anyway, so it didn't matter. But it just by coincidence happened to be, because like I, in the meantime, it started comedy April 1st, 2016. And April 1st. Yeah, unintentionally. Basically, I'd done it a few times before, and then I was like... Let me actually... I mean, like, I was like, the the, the one show, you know, every three to six weeks. In... That's all they had here, right? For English exactly. comedy? Or comedy at all, Comedy probably. at all. Uh, well, they had, like, a few German mix shows yeah. where, like, you could do either one, but it was pretty much German. Yeah. But, yeah, it was once every three to six weeks, and I, I did, like, once, and, like, for a year, I did nothing again. Tried it again. Didn't care for, like, another six months. Tried it a couple times, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to actually do this. Yeah, let me actually make a fucking effort. Yeah, and then once I did that, the next show that was available happened to be on the first. Oh, okay. So that's why. It wasn't, I was like... And it was like, I was like, April Fool's Day. I'm going to go for the long con. I'm going to be an English-speaking comedian in a German-speaking country. I'm crazy. Yeah, so that's when I started, and but by December that same year, it just... By having to set stuff up myself, I'd kind of gotten lucky that December was the first month where I'm like, oh, I made enough money to pay my rent with this, even though I didn't need it. But then she died like the day before my rent was due. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to switch over to this. And I looked over. I'm like, oh, I can pay my bills with that for this month and just be poor and I'll busk a little bit in the fucking zero degree weather uh, to, to get some change for food. But I was like looking into it. I'm like, I'm going to get deported. I can't do a student visa. But an artist visa, instead of having to prove you have 8,000, because they do that with students because they don't expect you to work. Uh, if you're an artist, then you just have to show that you're making enough to cover your bills. So then I spent the next few months kind of just really doubling down on this to make it viable enough. Wow. And, and fortunately, they didn't know what the process was because nobody had done it before. So they approved it. When I went back to get it renewed this year, they sent me to a different building because that building didn't know what to do. And you're like, well, they're like, we've been doing it wrong. Well, they told me a number. I'm like, I'm like, how much? How much do I have to make? Because like, I'm making more than last year, but like, I just don't know what's the definitive number. And I'm like, oh, nine hundred. Uh, it's like nine hundred and fifty-six euros and twenty-seven cents. Like that specific. And you're like, boy, that got really specific for yeah, people who didn't yeah. know and at I, all that this was a thing. And, I was, and then also, they were saying like, hey, these uh, invoices you've given, they're just like letters on a ranota. So like honorary note that just says yeah. like i accept the 
the for my activities on this day for this show, it's I like accept a hundred euros, and I take the taxes for it. And they're like, "Yeah, but anybody can just write down a number." And I'm like, "Yeah, I thought it was weird too that you guys accepted this last year, but, but you accepted you did. it, but you did." And she said, "Yeah." But they shouldn't have. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then like, oh, and although she didn't make like 900 and something a month. And I was like, oh, I was making 400 last year. Like they just had yeah. no fucking. I shouldn't have gotten my visa oh, last wow. year. Oh, wow. So you're just, it's all been like a lucky. Yeah, that one was a really lucky break. And by this point, like I've just kind of like also again, right for the time that I needed to apply to renew it, I got a lucky break with Munich and Stuttgart where I made. You got like good gigs. That, yeah. Like, I, 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 good just, chunk. Like, the, they just really the audience like the people were really receptive on Facebook and I ended up making like four to five grand in a weekend and it's like oh cool now I can point to that whenever they're asking to see my last three months rent what do you do aside from like invoices well I guess if you do ticketing online per ticketing online makes it easier um, yeah because I was wondering what do you show I I mean I'm still probably going to run into issues yeah, when I finally 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 file my taxes and I'm going to find out exactly what I've done wrong and right. But what I do is I, I take all the receipts for anything that I've done and scan them into my computer, put those into a file. Then I have an Excel spreadsheet listing all the shows, the dates, the amount of money that came in, the amount of expenses that go into it, the total revenue afterwards, line all that up. And it is a thing where when I'm, when you're doing cash at a door, all I can do is write it down and then pay taxes for it. Yeah, and then be like, this is the amount, yeah. believe me or don't. Well, and it's a thing where it's like, if you don't believe me, it's like, if I'm if I'm... I don't know. I haven't found a way from anybody yet to, to like really prove it, but it is like I'm paying taxes on it. So if I'm lying to say that it's more. Yeah, it's for, like if I was going to lie, wouldn't I just not admit that I made this money at all? Yeah, because that's the thing. Is like It'd be one thing if I was like lying to lower it for my taxes, but if I'm trying to raise it for my visa, then I'm still paying taxes yeah, on it. So, it's like so I'm it's, still holding myself financially accountable. If I don't have the money, that's a very imprudent thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to have to pay the taxes on it. So I better have the fucking money. Yeah. Wow. And then how often do you have to renew that? Every year. But next year, because I've been here, this is my fifth year being here uh, consecutively, I should be able to apply for a five-year visa. Oh, so once you're here for five years, you can apply for like a longer. Yeah. If you've been here for five consecutive years. Do you have to leave and come back or anything? No, no, no. If you leave and come back, then you can't you, you start over start over oh. you have to be here five years without like legally here for five years without interruption like Fuck. if you just like forget to file for your renewal and have like a one month lapse you're starting over as well that's crazy but then after five years you can apply for the five-year visa which then gives you full access to the job market as well so, oh, so not, then you'll be able to like if you want to do if other i things. wanted to i could have a, a regular job too well that's or, nice to know or even like if it was like a radio regular job or something like that. Something that's not technically... Freelance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, so when you started, there really wasn't... Anything. Anything. Um, what was... I guess what was that like? Like, because for me, it was so easy to like google open mics los angeles and then just show up somewhere yeah it was also easy because there was only one thing to click on once you googled that you know yeah <laughs> of course yeah, yeah it's no no uh giant yeah the, you know no like paralysis by analysis of trying to like which one should i go with you're like oh the one okay great oh well, that's fair yeah i worked at a bar and one of my friends had suggested because I've, I've been told a few times like oh you should do comedy and i was like 
and I liked telling stories that were funny. So it was like I would keep track of like the stories I could say. Yeah. And um, one of my friends who thought I would make a good comedian was like, you should try it. Oh, there's an open mic. We should go. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess. And I tried it, and I, I was like, I was fine. I convinced him to do it, and that's my favorite thing to do because he was, was not so funny. bad. <laughs> he was so bad. Um, at one point, he was telling a joke, and he was like, well, I figured because I'm going to tell a joke because I'm really skinny. Because like <clears throat> Louis C.K., like he'll do a lot of jokes about how he's fat. He was like explaining why he's <laughs> so doing I'm the joke. I'm going to do one because I'm skinny. Because like, just like Louis fat, I'm skinny for like a minute. <laughs> and then... uh He's like, so I was on the train, right? Uh, and it, the Ubon, so that's the name of the metro. It'd be like okay. somebody in New York saying, so I was on the subway. Do, does it, do you guys know the subway? <laughs> uh, Anyone oh here God. know shoes? Do you guys uh, know about these things? Yeah, so he, he convinced me to do it, and I did fine, I think. I don't remember anything from it. I mean, I'm sure I would hate it, mortified looking back at it, but like I did fine for what it was. Wow. But it was a thing of just like, I'm like, oh, that was cool, but I don't need it. And I just knew enough from listening to like podcasts with comedians because the thing was I'd spent a lot of time listening to them and I'd hear them talk like Joe Rogan and all these things talking and they'd be like us and I'd be like yeah us us and I'm like I've never done this before but I just <laughs> kind of like really like identified a lot with it and I just knew how much you have to need it to, yeah, to pursue it to really because it's, it's so if you, you don't, need, if you don't it, need it yeah if you don't need it you're not going to put in the work that's necessary for this almost insurmountable task i mean it's true yeah god you so, can see the people who need it yeah so i was like <laughs> oh i just don't need it enough i'm like i don't need the approval of these people i know my worth i don't need this. i don't need the audience to laugh at my story i did feel like that i changed it's different now but like i did do you know what changed uh not specifically because like i didn't do it again for a year then for some reason i tried to do it again and I did calling you. again fine. Well, I'd wanted to do it for a few years. I just yeah. never had. But you didn't have that like crazy. Yeah. It was just the thing of like, I don't fucking really need it. Yeah, I don't need to lose sleep over it. Yeah. And I tried it again and it didn't go, it didn't go horribly, especially because the bar was so low because nobody was all that good here. Yeah. But it didn't go as good as I wanted it to. And I remember. Like they didn't I, carry me out on their shoulders. So. Exactly. I wanted, I didn't, no one sucked my dick. So yeah. I went to my ex-girlfriend's house afterwards. <laughs> Am I even doing this right? I did go to my ex-girlfriend. Like we had just recently broken up. This one I was telling you that was that I just met my mom. It was like right oh, after that. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I was like, hey, can I come back and talk, like hang out for a little bit? She's like, yeah. And then she's just like in the living room watching TV as I'm sitting in her room pouting. <laughs> and then finally she comes in. I'm like just waiting for her to like, oh, Reggie's here in my room and I'm watching locked up abroad so as maybe, we do yeah and so, i'm plotting how to kill him because he's trying to break up with me so uh, she came back and she's like what's wrong and i was like i just explained i'm like oh, i just didn't do well enough you know i don't think it was funny enough and she's like yeah but i mean like nobody expects anything from you <laughs> and i was like thanks which it's fair she's like it's just like they're they they do not know true, who yeah. you are like none of them are looking at you like oh you fucked up because they didn't you, expect anything nobody from feels you let down yeah and i'm like i get that but if you think this is gonna make me feel better you don't understand me at all yeah like, we should have broken up and she's like we did yeah uh and then i was writing some books at the time so damn actually I, writing books yeah i wrote five novels what i didn't publish any of them because i I, this is the first, you're like it's not going to be perfect. No, this is the first thing that like I've been able to like 
take the business steps on afterwards. Because like with everything else, it's like I do all the artistic things and I love it. And then as soon as I finish the, the book, the business side is like, ah, yeah. God, as I soon as I finish it. the book, I'm like, cool, on to the next book when it should be cool. And now start submitting it constantly for the next year. Oh my God, wait! Oh, this is too real. This is too close to home. With like my comedy, I don't want to like put it in anything. I yeah. just want to like keep moving. Yeah. So that's the thing. Is like with comedy is the first one where I'm like, oh, I'll do all. I'll build an infrastructure for making comedy shows because I actually like enjoy it and I want God. that. So I was like, I'd written the book and I was in the middle of writing my fifth one and I was like, okay. That is so impressive. I'm going to, you don't know if they're good. Yeah, but just. <laughs> sitting down at The computer. finishing of something, yeah. I am immensely impressed by people who, I am a, uh, I'm great at starting things. <laughs> and that is it. But I, basically I was writing it and I was like, I wrote it in like two months and I was just like. I, just, every, I wrote a whole novel in two months. I, I, I was working on it nonstop. It was like a thing where. Like I a madman. Didn't talk to anybody. I just. Every day I made a minimum of a thousand words that I had to write, but more realistically, it was a chapter a day. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also I, I generally form exactly what I want it to be quite early. And then okay. it's a lot of like, you have an outline that you're filling in. Okay. Yeah. Um, Still impressive. <laughs> hashtag blessed. Uh, <laughs> hashtag blessed. It's the podcast, y'all. And I was planning on self-producing it like as a audiobook slash ebook, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do that, I'll have to use my Facebook page to get it out there. I should do some open mics again, and then I can like it'll just make me be social because I'm not a very social. It'll force person. you to like be out there. Yeah, it'll, I'll be out there. I'll be talking to people. It'll be a way to like direct people to a Facebook page. So I did like I think three. I did like one in January, one in February, one in March of that. Well, I'm just like, oh, okay, what's an offhanded story I can think of? Because I'm all my attention is going to writing this book. Oh and yeah, trying to when you're engulfed in writing something and then yeah. trying to do other and then just and then just being like, okay, um, what about the story about the time I got arrested? I'll tell that story this time. And then I did all those things and just, arrested. Yeah, my dad's black. It's Why are in you in the surprised? family? No, it's I didn't mean the black thing. I meant the, <laughs> I meant the criminal thing. My okay. dad's black. It's in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the monkeys are brothers. <laughs> no, they're father and son. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in so much trouble. <laughs> but um but yeah, so then I was just like I'll just tell like some story and force myself to do that. And then by the one in March I was like, Okay, I just want I would rather do this. I'd yeah. like to do this. And then that's when I started doing it. And I just uh the first year from from then to the end of the year I think I did hundred and sixty shows. Did you do a lot of your own? You like yeah, immediately no, I, started self-producing. Not immediately, but I started going to all the shitty open mics that aren't for, that are mostly musicians, and I'd be okay. the only comedian going up. So, are you including those in that number? Yeah. Okay, because I was like, "How the fuck?" No. When there was no scene, show shows okay. being performances. You, okay, so you got so, up that many. Yeah, times. yeah. I mean, like, not not proper shows, obviously. Okay, but like, and also it was my first one, so it's like ten minute spots. It's not like. For a second, I felt so inadequate. No, you shouldn't. Not that I was comparing myself. Don't compare. Eyes on your own paper. Okay. That was for the people listening. I assume it's a reference to something you've said before. I think it's something someone said to me before, and I don't actually know if I've ever it said it It sounds like the something podcast. the teacher said when you were cheating. Oh, I never cheated. I got accused of cheating once in eighth grade. I never and cheated. I just failed. It ruined me. <laughs> and I intentionally failed after that. Listen, we all make choices. <clears throat> yeah. But no, it was, it was so you once you I, got I, in, you were I like, just, in. I'm like, yeah, I will go to every stupid, shitty, we don't even want you here, open mic we can that I can get to. And then Love in it. July, I started my first show. And then 
that I had, I had two two once a month shows, and then I made a third show because I went to Paris right afterwards for six weeks. When I mm. came back, as soon as I came back, I set up a third show, and then so you were but, just doing three monthly. Yeah, shows were those like showcase style, and you were doing opening spots, or were you like closing out shows already? I was I was hosting those shows. Oh, okay, yeah, I would just host the shows, and it'd be the other comedians we have in the city. Cool. Um, and that was also important for me because I feel like if I'd gone to like New York and L.A. and started there, I would have just done because like my sense of humor is just really dark. Yeah, and I would have just like gone deep into that. But having to be here, being a host, you have like, to like learn a separate scale. Of- you, and you have to learn how to just because it was it was like. It, if they don't like it in New York, they're still going to come to comedy shows. Yeah. If they don't like it here, they're never coming back like, to a comedy you show. You are again. their introduction to comedy. Exactly. You so have to like do so well. So if I get up there, because there was a joke that I tried to make work so much when I first started, and I still think it's funny. What is it? Tell me. Uh, uh, so it was about the gang rape in India on that bus. Uh, New Delhi. And I was like, my mom's been in India. And nobody else. Never mind. <laughs> well, my, my the premise was that Yes, it's bad that this woman got raped by six people, but it would be even worse if six people got raped by six people. This woman saved five other women from getting raped. We th- we owe her a thank you for her service. Batman doesn't have numbers like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I see why you were like this might not work. It seems to not be. That's whew, boy. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, like, uh, I mean, and there were nuances with it. And, like every time I would tell somebody, like. And like really try to tell somebody yeah. and like one on one, they'd be like, That's hilarious. Do not say don't it on say stage. Don't say that on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent like three months of like, I can make it work. <laughs> I don't even the jokes that I have like just clung to death to, I can't mm-hmm. even remember, but it's like the things that like it was always only for me. Yeah. But I was like, one of these days, you're, you'll I come was, around. I was convinced. I'm like, I can do it. I know, like, I'm like, Louie would be able to do it. Louie's not even one of my favorite comedians. I'm just like, you would take it from Louie. You'll take it from me. I just have That's to work Louis hard said. enough. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, like, but I kind of realized, I'm like, you can't have shit like that when that's people's first impression of it. You have to, like, I always have to kind of fight being less aggressive, less dark. And it's made me a better comedian because I still find the things I say funny. It's just more accessible, which yeah. is helpful. Which is and I key d- if you I really like don't reach. think I would have done that if I was just in yeah, it would have just the New York been scene. okay. I would have been like, no, I'll be the new Stanhope. I'll be Stanhope mixed with Jesselnik. And for which all like I give it would have like worked, but you've broadened your possibilities by being able to do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and this was what two two that and a half years that ago? Was 2016. 2016. And then. Last year, I got up to, again, including every performance, yeah. uh, 196. Great. And right now, I'm at 150 for the year. I'm supposed, I should oh, be at. I don't remember when I stopped counting. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to m- make sure that it's increasing each year. It's increasing. Yeah. That's what I was doing. And then at some point, I just, one year, I didn't. How many years are you since, in? Uh, this is, uh, I just hit eight in okay. July. So, but. I think I went from counting every show to then at some point I was just kind of like a actual book show and then now yeah but that's fine for me I I, I just do it because like one it's a I also feel like it's one of those things where if I look back on it in ten years because what I have is I just have a yearly planner yeah and I just put a little star check mark or whatever yeah and then I just kind of cool yeah I think if I if I look back and. 10 years and look at it and I'm like oh look at all of that look at all the look at all the work I put in and you'll yeah. actually know if you hit your 10,000 hours yeah or whatever they say I mean and, well not really because I didn't keep track of how much how much time how, time they are but like I'm not one of those people that's like hey comedy is about getting paid by the minute right but, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cool like I now it, it would be pointless to try to restart counting just because 
the only thing that would be cool to me is to be able to look back and know the full number. Dean Del Rey yeah. still counts every spot he does, and I think that's like so fucking cool. Yeah, I think it's a thing where like, I I did it and I just st- kept doing it because I'm like, I think I might think it's cool in ten years, but if I don't do it, who yeah. then I, then I then it won't be there. Then I won't know. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And have you seen how much has the scene grown in general since in um, the past two years? Uh, like you had one but show d- every. When you say scene, do you mean number of comedians, number of shows? Let's I can go. perform usually, depending on the month, fifteen to twenty-five times a month. Twenty-five times a month, and is that going around it's, to other? It's going to other. I mean, that is now at this point. Now it's including touring. Okay. So that's what about just Vienna as a city, as a scene? Uh, that's the thing. I don't like keep track of it in itself now. Yeah, because you're doing Be- because I'm. I just keep track of what I'm doing. I'm not. But there are other English-speaking comedians have sort of like started. Becoming they've started their thing. own shows as well. Um, but there aren't that many of us that are good enough to actually do something. Like do a full, yeah. I mean, like, I'll stand by that. Like, I think Jack and I, Jack Holmes, the comedian I've been telling you about yeah. most of the day, are the two most professional comedians in Austria right in now. Scene. okay. Uh, after that, it's the American that I told you about who, I don't need to say his name. And You know who you are. They're not listening <laughs> he's not probably. listening to this. Hey, he could be. No, he, he'd be like, oh, I love Jessica Michelle Simpson. And then he'd be like, who? <laughs> Why isn't it me? Oh, well, Sarah Michelle Geller. I love that girl. <sighs> and then he so would see Reginald Barris on it or Reggie Barris, because I'm sure you'll get that wrong in post. And then he would be like, oh, there's no reason to listen to this. And then he would check you off of his list. And he'd be like, well, I could have seen her at Edinburgh, which would have made it worthwhile to me. But she's dead to me now. She's dead to me. <laughs> But yeah, so like I would say the three of us are probably the, the best. And then there's like two others that are, are decent and like four continents of Europe can put on a show that will keep people here. But like I do think I think all of us, if we go to the States, it's going to be very difficult to keep up with what's actually with the momentum. Well, yeah, because well, 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 also just like with like supply the, and demand. Yeah, it's like well, not even the momentum. I mean, like if you put us on a show with killers that are from the comedy store like well, they can it, get up it, you know that have developed yeah. and who've been doing it longer and like obviously if you're comparing us to them it's going to be paltry but <laughs> compared well, to the, the rest scenes of the here, thing around here well yeah because yeah. you you know raise up to whatever the bar is around you and when yeah. you're like i guess i, I have guess. to it's build a us. bar yeah <laughs> And then be the bar. <laughs> and then just hate myself always until just, the bar is slightly higher. Just have to keep raising my own bar. Yeah, I just have to wait until people keep giving me things that are objectively cool. Like, hey, would you like to perform on the comedy stage of the second biggest music festival in this continent? I'd be like, yes, I would. But don't worry, I'll still hate myself for it. Uh, and then that's how you get better. I mean, <laughs> you do. I know, I know. Gotta work on appreciating the things you get. Because otherwise... Yeah. I'm just saying things that you I just, try to say to myself. Oh, uh, you learn more from bombing than you do from succeeding. Uh, <laughs> Love people who say that, and it's like, it seems like you are not learning anything. I, I hate it so much. There's a Comedians Helping Comedians group on Facebook, and I hate read it all the time. Oh, and God, I think I've seen that group. And it's become, somebody pointed it out, and they're like, this just seems like it's open micers bitching about open micers. Yeah. And then it. That makes sense. There's so much of it. Like every time it's like, oh, I'm going to do my first ever stand up comedy set. What advice do you have? Like, don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of it. It's a lot of quit. And they're like, no, don't say that to them. You're going to do great. Have fun. Just and have just, fun. Don't yeah. run the light. And, and you get all of this. And there's just so many times that I, I, I see. I'm kind of just stalling because I did forget what I was saying. It got me into this in the first place. Um, about uh, not being happy with the things you have. 
oh, it's the uh, it's the you learn more from bombing thing. Oh, yeah, you yeah. just see it like a mantra of like you. Someone just said that to, you heard that on a Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, and you've like, been repeating it forever. Yeah, it's like a bombing is an experience and it does teach you things. But like, if all you're doing is bombing, well, also like, I mean, like I will agree. Like you can learn a lot from bombing. Like you can learn like, oh, I didn't connect to the audience here. Oh, that joke. That that sentence wasn't as tight as any. It actually wasn't even necessary. I can cut it out. Oh, I learned how to just deal with the nerves of abject silence. Yeah, what it feels like when the audience it, is quiet. But like, there's also you can do you can do well. Yeah, and you, you can, can also, still learn from it. You can it. still learn while doing a good yeah, job. Yeah, you can be like, oh, that mannerism I did right there. Oh, I did. I stood differently, and I didn't look as aggressive when I said oh, that. Oh, punchlines! What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you know punchlines? Oh, I wanted to tell you this. One of the guys that I did a, not Jack, the uh, other guy that I did a co-headlining tour with a while back, he bombed so hard because he can't go off script. Oh no! And it was like it was fifteen people in the audience, but three of them were at our first show. Oh God! And then he just went back into the same thing and just never connected with anybody. And he started doing like a Michael Jackson dance, and because he has a his song where he's Dude, about bombing when you're doing something really physical oh. or like impressiony. First time I ever saw him. That's why I don't do very many act outs is because it's the worst feeling. It's for like me to be when like, they crush, it's like great, but like oh no, I have some physical bits, and I'm like. There have been shows where I'm like heading toward the bit and, the, and the show's just kind of tapping and I'm like, this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt so bad. Because like when you're just saying a word, you can be like, I didn't even care. That was just a throwaway line. That's not the point. But that's not the point. Yeah, but when, when you're, you're like, like swinging a microphone stand above your head, you can't be like, oh, that's just a thing I was doing. That's just I was a- just playing around. <laughs> First time I saw this guy was he was hosting the open mic and he did five minutes of Michael Jackson dancing. And what he does is he has this bit about... He loved Michael Jackson when he was a kid, so he used to tape shoelaces to the front of his head to have the, like, the hair the, going down. Oh, my gosh. And then he talks about how he was doing a Michael Jackson dance when he's like at the store. And he's like, I think that white bread is more tasty than black, but black bread is more healthy because of whole grains, and I don't know what black to order. Bread. Wheat bread. It's the it's Schwarzbrotten. Is that it, what they call it here? In German, but not oh. in English. But he just doesn't translate it, even though it's been the same for years. <laughs> but I don't know what to order. I think I'm going to have a croissant. Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. And the oh. whole time he's doing like a with the kicking and the flailing. Oh. And he bummed for that entire five minutes. Then he brought up the first act. Oh, and then no. he came back up, and then it did five more minutes. When people bomb, and then they the like... Michael Jackson act out. No. <laughs> it just went, no. Right, went right back into it. <laughs> That's insane. It's so insane. <laughs> like, doing time again at all, let alone... Oh. Yeah, yeah, to go right back in to the same bit that he just only half finished. It was, it was so awesome. And oh. he was doing that bit... <laughs> In in a, in, a, in a basement in Budapest that was, again, 15 people. Three of them were already at the show. At one point, he accidentally knocks a glass onto the ground when he's doing the Michael Jackson dance. It, <laughs> it shatters. So now you just got to like do like dancing to the song Black and White. And you just hear the gl- glass like crumbling, crumbling under, under his, his feet. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's like doing like kicks that are like so close that like if somebody was sitting in the front row, he would have kicked them in the face. God, uh, what a mess. For, for 40 minutes. For 40 minutes this happened. And then I just had to go up and I couldn't even do material. I just had to do 40 minutes of crowd work to just fix it afterwards. Just, we've all been traumatized. And he, he afterwards he was telling me, he was like, man, it is crazy. Like, when you do not do well, it does not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like he'd never bombed before. <laughs> like it just finally clicked. I don't like this at all. <laughs> And then afterwards, there were these two girls who we were hitting on, and he was very much hitting on. But like, and he was still trying to after the things. Like, oh man, I almost knocked that glass over halfway through my set. It's like almost you were dancing on shards. Yeah, like <laughs> what, what planet were you on? Wow. Yeah. Oh God, people are insane. Yeah. Fuck. Well, it's it's good to know that the scene is. Going Present. a lot of de- de- different directions. Do you uh, do you see yourself just staying here and continuing to grow it and do your own sort of independent thing? To me, that makes the most sense, I, especially because like it's Vienna is a really comfortable city to live in. It's been voted number one quality of civ- living city in the world. It seems really nice. Yeah, number one quality of living city in the world for most of a decade. Wow. Yeah. Um. So it's and it's like fifth safest last time I checked, and like it's just. What? I worked at a bar part time. It was a, a party bar. I worked twenty hours a week. I made officially nine hundred a month, um, but maybe it was like seven seventy plus yeah. tips, plus health insurance, plus five weeks of a year vacation, plus every June and every December. Bartenders get vacation. Yeah, every every registered job gets a vacation. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's five weeks paid, and then. Every June and every December, you get an extra salary for no reason. I want to live in Vienna. <laughs> well, it's a lot less fun whenever you're self-employed because you're like, oh, you got all those extra salaries that I never I get to see. I don't have that. Can you give that to me? Can you? Yeah. I'll do a show, Christmas show. Yeah. Everyone brings their bonus money and gives it to me. Yeah, all you can do is kind of just hope that you can Survive. convince people to, to use their money more go. recklessly on comedy shows yeah. because they have more. But like, so it is very comfortable to live here. Also, it's so central. Within five hours of driving, you can be in 10 different countries. So That's it, fucking, it's yeah. like the not Indiana of Europe. Not necessarily an irrelevant, irrelevant part of the country. So you yeah. might be like in the middle of nowhere, Romania. But, but just like, like in, you're but, in Romania. Exactly. So that, like, that for touring, it makes it really good and it's comfortable to live here. And it's like, and like, it's different than like if I was, in Prague, like what I'm doing in Prague isn't going to be enough to like travel out, out of the country. But whenever you leave and come back, you, if you make like Sweden money and go back to Prague or Budapest, it's like, oh, that's fucking this dope. Is really good money. Yeah. And that's when I go to Poland and come back, it's like, oh, that's 80 bucks. <laughs> you know, at least I entertained the people. Yeah. But, uh, but so there's like it's things like that that just kind of make it easier, especially since I already live here. It's easier to keep a visa than get a new one. Especially because yeah. I have to like restart a lot of things that are, that are locally based in the new country I would go to. Yeah. Well, you're kind of getting your footing and like making a name for yourself in all these places too. Yeah. So my, my, my plan is uh, to just kind of keep working on establishing my international connections and roots here and get better at self-promoting my own shows. And then... My hope is that once I get in a solid enough European network established that I can regularly do that and have a, a relatively comfortable amount of money, I'm going to do, I want to do like a week out of each month that I can go to London and just do shows there. And just like do a week of like just shows. Yeah. And yeah. just like act like I live there, you know? Like, yeah. Because I know that uh, Roy Wood Jr. did that with L.A. for a while, where he would just be a road dog, and then he would just go there, and they'd be like, oh, can you do this show tonight? And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm on the road tonight. And there are people that didn't know that he didn't live there, just because... Yeah, I didn't know that till right now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this was earlier in his <laughs> I was career. like, wait, did he never live there? <laughs> I, I mean, he probably does now, but like early in well, his career. Well, I think career. he's in New York now. Either way. Oh, I have no idea. He's I, on The Daily Show. I don't... But... Uh, 
I don't follow his career that much. Yeah, yeah. I just remember hearing him talk about that, and that's what he did at the beginning because he was making most of his money in the South and like Atlanta. Yeah, there's been area. times where I'm like, do I even need to have a place in LA because I'm on the road so much? Yeah, and I'm trying to like be better about just staying in LA because people. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, so I feel like doing that with London might not be bad because I've That's also great. heard like people talking about it and like part of the reason that it takes so long in bigger cities to like find a voice and get an act together is just because you're not allowed to get much stage time. Yeah, it's just like, oversaturated. It's, it's like, you have to like earn your stage like, time. Oh, I've done five shows tonight in New York, but it's like, yeah, you did five three minute shows in front of a bunch of bored comedians who are waiting for their turn. Yeah. And as opposed like shows is a very gracious term for what you just did. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh, I got to do an hour tonight in front of a real audience. Yeah. A year in. Like, you know, and it's like when which I'm sure like they're not as good as a, like that doesn't mean that I'm as good as somebody who's like worked. Yeah, but that's gonna for force it. you to. It does you're gonna grow you to, either way, and it forces you to get like an uh, learn how to think in an arc for what can be eventually. Yeah, marketable. instead of just like individual separate it, yeah, five minute jokes. And, and it does uh, to a degree help you get a little bit more of a maybe not your voice voice, but like a consistency to your voice because it yeah. isn't just like what can make you laugh in three minutes. Yeah, it's, you have time to like just really. Also, if you do something like just like a Rory Scovel silly, but then like Bill Hicks. Uh, deep and then you do like a Doug Stanhope <laughs> thing you can do it with three minute sets of each of those and they'll be good three minute sets but then once you're in a ten minute set you're you like, try to put the three together I? it's just like what, is, what am I seeing it's so much it's just like so it, you have to be a bit more consistent in kind of your perspective yeah, sooner it, it forces you to like become the most yourself I think on yeah. stage that's really fascinating I like that I want to spend more time in London too um, how do you feel uh, or a lot of your, do you feel like you're growing a fan base? I don't know. Yeah. It's like hard to tell of like, it's just people randomly coming. Yeah. It's also a thing where like, it's, it's such a grassroots thing that like, it doesn't feel like a fan base. It just feels like people who want to talk to me after a show. Yeah. They're like, Hey, this is great. Like, Hey, cause it's it's hard to call them a fan. It's like, yeah, they've come to more than one of my shows when I go to Bruno, but like, yeah. Are you a fan of mine? Like yeah, that's like, is it just the thing you're a you dude go to who liked shows? my jokes? Like yeah, and then we hung out and ha- it's also it's not a thing where like I can't get away with just being. I mean, I could, but I <laughs> I, I could I can't just like go there, tell my jokes, thank you, good night, and then just beeline it Bolt. out the door. Yeah, no, that's like, not how you. That's not a good way to build a good. Yeah, like and like like a Louis C.K. at this point, like he can just like he's not gonna meet everybody after the show. Yeah, and then he goes to like Ziggo Dome, which is where I saw him in. Uh, Amsterdam. Oh wow! But it's you know it's an arena, so like you can just bounce, and that's one thing. But like you can't do that with a bar show with like fifteen people. Yeah, it's that, weird if you don't you like promoted through Facebook. Well, yeah, and I think it's important. I mean, I've always felt it was important to like build thank a sense of community. And, like, and, yeah, and which I mean, like which I don't always do the best of. Especially, I'll, I'll do it way better if I'm by myself. If I have one friend there, I'll just talk to my friend. Yeah, I'm not good at. I'm just not good at exiting conversations, or I always feel like if there's someone I know, I feel this weird obligation to make sure they're. Uh, Jack, entertained i don't know what the fuck it is jack and i like every time we're together it's just us bitching about everything or we're talking about business and we're like so how should you do this okay what, how much did you put in this ad campaign and okay how would you file that one for taxes and and then like oh yeah i talked to that book or oh man they're not doing that right over there and then just being like super petty and bitchy about everything <laughs> and it's just the most fucking fun for me like it's such a fun you're like cathartic conversation this. but like if he's not there i'll just get to know all the people who yeah. were just at the show. Yeah, but if he I, is there, I'll just talk about petty shit the whole night. That's so funny. I also think there's something in me that's 
feels like self-conscious having someone I know see me interact with people in a way that's not abnormal at all, but being like, thank you. And having conversations with people who saw my show, it's for some reason having someone I know see that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Like this self-conscious, like, Oh, I'm fucking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't have that. But I think that's because I had to build an infrastructure. So I had to immediately got rid of that. that. Yeah. Though I will say like what I don't like is when we did our Vienna show the other night, it was a donation based show and uh, we bombed bad. (sighs) And then did you I, have to do a bucket speech after? Uh, well, Jack did the bucket speech, but oh. then I had to wait by the door with the bucket as every person went Shame. past. Shame. First person that came through, I was like, hi, would you like to make a donation? She looked me right in the eyes, smiled, shook her head, and walked away. Ouch. Uh-huh. And then some people were giving donations, and I'm trying not to kill myself. And another guy comes up, and he walks past me without putting anything in it, stops on my other side, grabs me by the shoulder, and says, uh, and I was like, what was that? He said, Stay strong, and then walked out <laughs> without giving me a donation. Still, and I just I looked at Jack and I'm like, "You have to do this. I have to go." I and can't I just, handle this. I just walked outside, like went like three doors, like three buildings over. I have to go over. stare off into the distance and cry. Yeah, I just went to like three doors over. I found an, a courtyard in between some buildings, and there was a bench be, there. Be by I myself. just put my head on my forearms, and I was like, "I don't want to be alive." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to be living your dream, you know. Yeah, uh, it's hopping down. I don't know if that. That's fucking, it's just crazy that we are all okay with just continuing to take that risk. Yeah. And risk is like, Such a, it's like, it's, it's, it's a word that like, it sounds like there's much more of a, it's not even more a risk. More at stake. Yeah. It's like, what a privilege. Yeah. But at the same time, it also feels like risk feels like, oh, this might happen. But when you're in it, it's like, no, it's not even a risk. It's just an inevitability. Inevitability. It's yeah. going to happen again. If you're going to keep doing it, like if you're going to, if you're doing like six more and out, then yeah, it's a risk, but yeah. it's like, oh, I'm in this for as long as I can. So this will always be a It'll thing. It'll always be something I'm just I'm always submit. going to have days where I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. And they're like, comedy? No, life. Life, yeah. I love comedy, but I don't want to live. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, that's great. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I have any other questions. Do you feel like most of the audiences are expats? Versus like Austrian people it who depends. speak English? It depends. It, it's, it's show by show and it depends on probably how they're marketed and prices. Mm. But the shows that are primarily Austrian suck. Yeah? Do you think that's because there's... They're so fucking uptight. Are they? Do you think that it might be that their sense of humor is different? A and you haven't bit, like tuned in But totally? it's also... it's Imagine... Uh, like Austrians are like... Imagine a German that didn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you mean a German? <laughs> what? German. So it goes like Dutch people and then German and then Austrian for who's like the least fun. It, yeah, they're so fucking... I make a joke all the time that... And like, it's not all of Austria. It's Vienna. Like, Linz and Salzburg will probably be different. Yeah. Uh, You're just saying this because we're going. They're like, no, you're like, don't give up yet. No, it is the thing where like, I forget. I always forget and I just say Austrians because I spend most of my time here. And then I go to the other cities and they don't laugh at some of the jokes that about Austrians. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, you're like, oh hold that's on. Just a Vienna. Vienna. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's them. Yeah, that's... But, oh, so maybe Vienna's like a pretentious it's city. Just, it's just such... It's just... Uh, I just wondered. I was like, oh, maybe they don't know how they to... They just like to complain. They're really upset. I make the joke that like Austrians don't know how to laugh in front of strangers. <laughs> um, and I said that every time they do, it looks like they stepped on a Lego. Like, it's just... <laughs> that's... <laughs> 
just such a clear image of like yeah. hey, I don't want to do this. And I did. I do one of my crowd warming things that I do for like like when I'm hosting is just like look. I've learned Austrians don't like laughing in front of strangers, so let's get to know each other. Turn to somebody next to you that you don't know. Introduce yourself. Give them a compliment. I had one time they just looked at me. like didn't blink, and I was like, no, but like for real though. None of you will interact with me. All right. Okay. I guess I'm just moving on then. And (laughs) the first time I did it, I asked them, like, so who did you meet? And and the person was like, her. And I was like, okay, her. What was that person's name? Andrea. And I'm like, and what was the compliment that Andrea gave you? She said, she said, hello. Which is the perfect example of an Austrian compliment. (laughs) I mean, I acknowledge you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. So they they can be really... I've been on multiple dates where the girls come and she's been like so flustered. And she's like, oh my God, you're never going to believe what just happened. I'm like, what, were you attacked? And it's like, so I was standing at the train station waiting, waiting for the train to come. And this guy came up to me and he said, hi, my name's Peter. And then he tried to shake my hand. It's like, right, he's introducing himself to you. I didn't even know him. Yeah, that's the point of an introduction. Exactly. And like, I'm like, I'm saying that, and they're just staring at me like, how do you not see how this is the worst thing in the world? And, you're like, and I'm like, what has your life been? Yeah, that's, you know. This they, is traumatizing to you. They, they think that, the, they, the thing is, they're so spoiled because everything's so comfortable that you kind of have to make up problems to have problems. That's a, That's such a true thing is like, when pe- and also when people get upset that, as much as I've judged people for having very first world problems, I'm like, well, that is their reality. That is their problems, yeah. It's like their brain is literally panicking over that as if it's an actual... Yeah, I think it was Jon Stewart talked with LL Cool J, and he was like, oh, well, I don't, my life wasn't that hard. I was just getting robbed for my lunch money while you're dodging gunshots. And LL Cool J was like, yeah, but that was the worst you knew. That was the worst I knew. It was the same thing for Yeah, we felt the same. Yeah. Which is crazy and annoying that it's like oh this person gets to feel the same amount of trauma because like the cat wasn't nice to them or something (laughs) you're like no poor you i couldn't make it purr oh i just like get uncomfortable talking to people okay well the rest of us are being well i was was raped so yeah so oh i'm sorry somebody made eye contact with you (laughs) but then you go like oh yeah i mean they're still having all those same like physical reactions in their body yeah I, I, I've met so many and they're like, oh, I was in Floresdorf. That's the dangerous part of town. I was like, there's not a dangerous part of town the here. The dangerous part. Someone might try to shake your hand. <laughs> I, I make a joke. I, I don't, I'm just, I don't know if I do it, if I'll do it on stage, but like I, I say it to people and it's just like the, the closest I've come to being mugged in the city is when I got too drunk and misplaced my wallet. I've been mugged. (laughs) Like that's oh, it's dangerous in these streets. Don't go there. I lost my wallet there. You were mugged. No, it was fucking slippery pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Slippery pockets. Something in the water. Oh fuck. Yeah. Interesting. Because like like you like let's imagine like you're 21 years old. You get shit. Yeah. So I am. Imagine things are just like they are. Imagine right now. Yeah. Um, I'm young and fun. Go on. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining. Oh, <laughs> you guys can't hear it, but I was, you're like, I'm young like and fun and then you just spread out your together. legs and I'm like, why is she Sharon stoning me right now? No. And then I started hearing the clicking like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like I'm just opening my legs. I'm literally just popping my hip. I'm like, oh, the bones. I'm young and fun. <laughs> Help. I'm falling in It's like a haunted house with popcorn. That is what I sound like. Both. 
Uh, but I was, I, you could at 21 be shit faced yeah. three in the morning, take a train home, any part of this city by yourself. And you're fine. You will be fine. Like, obviously there's a small risk, but like 99% Yeah, that you'll fall out of the train and No, I mean, people head. have been attacked before. Like, oh, I've there's never There's just heard one man here. I, I, I've heard people say that they've heard of things happening where like a woman gets attacked on the subway. You sure but that wasn't like, just a thing you were told so you'd be afraid? Yeah. Yeah, but why would I be told that? I mean, those, you know, when people. Or were like, they just telling me it was like a good thing to do on a Friday night? <laughs> let's go mugging. Let's go, let's go sexually assault them. <laughs> oh, man, the host last night. Oh, no. sorry. Uh, it's a side note. I just was about to say the word rape, and I was like, ah, let me not say the word rape. That right reminds now. me. And yeah, the host. I was, I was leaving the, through a room. The first comedian had just gotten off. He was Indian. He did a thing about the gay marriage ban being lifted in oh, India. Oh, yeah. Congrats, India, if anyone's listening. Yeah. Or Maybe now you won't have to gang rape people on buses now they're not so sexually repressed. Now you can just have sex with each other. Yeah. So then you got off stage. The host said, yeah, isn't it great that they lifted that ban in India? It's so good to see that gay people are being allowed to have sex with each other now. Because for bisexual people, that's great. That means there's twice the people we can rape. And uh, it stopped me in my tracks. I was like... "Uh, you're the host. You can't do that when you you're the host. You should not have done that anyway. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a good joke. And it was also a really hard, like a rape. <laughs> like Tony the Tiger <laughs> exactly. of sexual assault. Yeah, and it was like, oh, just like, it, so it wasn't a good joke. It was a really hard R on that rape. And <laughs> hard you're, R. <laughs> and you're the host. Uh, yeah, yeah, host one. Just try to keep it light with the host. Try to not yeah. bring up rape as much as possible. Yeah, try to just, you know, if you can avoid it. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. All right. I think... I think I've asked everything. So do you have any... Uh, you're going to build your base here. Do you have any, like, long-term goals besides continuing to just grow as a stand-up comedian and keep performing? Um, you ever going to publish those books? Yeah, that's probably one of them. But again, it's just so hard for me to get like the will to do it. But I do. They're literally already written. I know. That's the worst part is like, that's why I'm like, oh, comedy is the thing I should be doing because it's the only thing I'll put in that extra. It's not so, fun You part could self publish. I know. But like, even still, because I, I, I was in the middle of making an audio book for it and I was recording the voices. And you're like, and then <laughs> no, but then I that then Gertie died, and I didn't have the extra oh, that's money right. to the finance death. the. Just get a shitty podcast equipment and do it. I like had the that. equipment. It was it was the voice actors because I was oh I was doing oh. voice actors so that it would be like each character had their own voice. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so it'd be like close to an audio play, but with narration. Wow. To me, that sounds a bit more interesting than me just reading this. Book. Then you going no, Richard. Wow, what's wrong, Janet? Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was I was in the middle of recording that, ran out of money because of because of Gertie's. And yeah. That. So, but like, uh, yeah, I, I would like to get those published and do it. The music thing that would be nice too because I have. You ever think you'll incorporate music with comedy or do you think that's a nightmare? I don't do musical comedy, but when I do a one man show, I'll play a few songs, oh, but okay. they're not funny songs. They're, in, they're intentionally not funny. You're like, I want to be very clear. This is not musical yeah, comedy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not doing it. No they're all stuff I've written beforehand. What? The stuff I wrote back when I was younger and I just don't like comedy is the only thing that I do that's like really not dark I mean like it's dark but like it's It's not like everything else is like deep and sad and tragic yeah because I I noticed when I was like 18, 19 I'm like I realized that most of what I was writing was was deeply sad yeah and I thought about it and it's like if you're if you're happy 
if you're sad and you play a happy song, it's not necessarily going to make you happy. Like, if you're depressed and you want to kill yourself and you hear fucking... Because I'm, I'm happy. It's not... It, it the, might. It can. <laughs> but, like, there's also times when it's just like, fuck you. But sa- a good sad song... It can ruin your day. Yeah. I, so there has been moments where I've... I've thought back to my life and been like, was I even depressed or was I listening to too much sad music? Yeah, exactly. Like, it'll rip you. But I'm also a deeply sad person. And if I were to pursue any other creative outlet, I think whatever I put out, people would be like, my God, this is horrifying. <laughs> Imagining you as a porn star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy Why shit. Why is she blowing the knife? <laughs> Just, <laughs> there's so many tears. <sighs> okay. I think you should put out the books. Yeah, the books and the music. So, like, I'll, I'll play like, a few songs that are like tragic, and then like, I, but that's also got me like better at digging myself out of a hole. Of, oh like, yeah, of, like because oh, ah. it's for you're like, let me dig this hole real deep and not have to be silly again. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not doing it like intentionally, but it is a thing of like, if I'm playing, I'll do like, I would do things thematically. So I'll be like, okay, I talked about race. I have a spoken word about race. Uh, I spoken have spoken word. Yeah, it sounds douchey as shit, but I'm I, snapping in the mic. You guys that. can't hear it. But um, race. That was it. <laughs> I've heard it. Was, <laughs> oh my god, I love that one. Um, then I have like, I'm like, okay, I talk about relationships, so here's some songs about love. Because the thing is, like, I'm like, as a as a comedian, like, do you is, do you really think that it's like no? But I thought it once, and I thought it was funny, so I keep saying, yeah. It. But like, it's I have like, other thoughts about it too. Like, obviously, I can make a joke about something, but like, I can be like, oh, my girlfriend's. I, I, I have a joke where I say that I'm in an open relationship and blah blah blah. But I trust the end that she's going to come home to me like a boomerang with syphilis. And like, <laughs> yeah, I can say that, but it doesn't change the other real feelings I have about her. So it's, yeah, you're like I did think it once for real. Yeah. But it's also like there's a lot to be said about you as a human or you know we as humans continue to grow but it's like you could still have a joke that's like not fully formed or that you're still doing because you don't have a full hour and it's like even if it was at some point a true joke Mm -hmm. it's not who you are anymore yeah and i do think like even if you have the two thoughts simultaneously it is like i can think that this is ridiculous but also still like be sad about a relationship yeah i can be like my girlfriends are all done what do i do i say that i have a type women i I, I said that uh, dumb uh dumb just uh, it's a it's a cunts it's about beauty pageants and just them being dumb and i'm like oh that's exactly my type and (laughs) then there's a a joke about that and i can say that but i can still value the relationships i have and be affected by them dumb dumb women yeah these fucking (laughs) dumb dumbs so i like in the songs it's kind of like here's this isn't gonna be funny, but it gives you more of a perspective as me as a person. I and like I think that. that's not bad for branding of like, oh, it's not just, oh, that was funny, that was funny. It's like, oh, that was like an experience. So sometimes when I do Take my wife, my wife, and then you just start crying into a saxophone for some reason. <laughs> oh, that's how Muddy Waters was born. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that's cool so y- when you do your solo shows is it always a lot of that or is it not always uh, but if i have to do like an hour and a half by myself it's just like i can i'll mix it up i'll mix out. it up a bit and especially because like they, it's very customary here to have two halves oh yeah the intermission. intermission do you feel like people are just used to that and it's because it's better for the bar that's the, the, the big I thing can, that makes sense from a business standpoint i totally see it I get so in my head because they don't do that in the States that I always am like, oh, they're going to lose momentum. But if the host is good, so far it hasn't seemed to be yeah. an issue. Yeah, it's, it's usually not a problem because people are, people are used to it, especially cabaret was always two 45-minute yeah. things. And 
it gives them also time to where they can get up, they can go to the bathroom without missing out on anything. Yeah, then they don't they can feel go smoke a cigarette. Stressed they can about go like order another drink in the middle of your cell, like fuck, I have to pee. Yeah, or oh, I have to stand up in the middle of everything, and not only them lose out on some of the jokes, I'm also gonna have to walk through it. Maybe he'll talk to me whenever I do it. Maybe he'll He's think so I'm leaving. So it, it there, I don't know. I do think like it is interesting to see because I'm starting to like get used to it from having been here just yeah. a couple weeks, and I'm gonna go back and be like, oh yeah, it's not a thing here. Yeah, we have waitresses bombarding you through the tables and being like did you want to get some i've had some shows here where they have had waiters in the waiter like you're just in the middle of a set and the waiter's like yeah so did you want a schnitzel or yeah where they're not quite like i don't know waiters but when they're like yelling not even lowering their voice like what i don't see what the problem is and i'm like you don't see what the problem is i just want to know if he wants a beer or a wine i'm trying to do my job right now yeah me too you're fucking ruining my job yeah fuck all right well this has been very interesting Death, comedy, murder. Prison. Prison. A lot of prison. What is life in comedy? What were you arrested for? Weed. Oh. Unfair. Fuck the system. Rape. <laughs> All right. The hashtag blast. And that was Reg- <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, Facebook.com slash the Reginald Barris. I also have a podcast that uh, I don't put much effort into, but it's called All I don't know anything about that. Sorry, what's All it called? All Ears on Us. All Ears on Us. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Is it about Mickey? Yes, it's it's <laughs> Mouseketeers. Where are they now? <laughs> and it's just you trying to harass celebrities and getting thrown out of places. Yeah, but you're, it's just you constantly interviewing the one person that didn't make it. There's got to be one, right? There's a few. Uh, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were Mouseketeers. Yeah, but I know that, and I think so was either Christina Aguilera or. Doesn't matter. I just named the only two that matter. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, Christina, or whoever you are. Sorry, losers. Sorry, Christina Aguilera, or whoever you are. Uh, I love her. All ears on us. The Reginald Barris. Closing thoughts? Anything? Uh, That's a great one. uh All right, you guys. Go check him out. Bye, idiots.